wrestling knowledge. Announce table. Episode nine. And a special one. A very special one. Tonight we have a special guest that will be in studio yes. with us today. A man by the name of Justin Appleberry, best known as Michael Strider. Pro wrestling name Michael Strider. Yes. Birth government name Justin Appleberry. Yes. Kansas City wrestling legend. We'll talk to him later on in the second hour. And uh, from what I from what I gather from watching the guy, this this should be a good interview. Yeah, you know, uh, I've actually known him for a couple years. Uh, as many of you know that listen, we, we've talked about it before. I'm a, I'm really into the MMA scene in Kansas yes. City. Uh, he works for a company called Combat Sports International, which you can get online, combatsports.com. He sells all MMA gear, shirts, all that stuff. And uh, he's also a judge. Uh, for MMA fights, he's the you know judging uh-huh. the rounds and all that. So I know him through that and through our relationship in the MMA scene. We got to know each other, and we both said, "Hey, uh, pro wrestling fans, really?" And you know, yeah, you know how us pro wrestling fans are. It's a secret society. Oh, yeah, it's like you're a wrestling fan. You're a wrestling dude? fan. I'm a wrestling fan. We're best friends now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, now tonight we we are privileged enough to uh, get to interview him about his pro wrestling career. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, we've got our concierge out picking him up now from the airport. So yes. So, but first, as always, we've got some news. Love it. Scanning the internets, finding all the dirt out there, getting all the news. So. Talking to our inside sources as yeah, well. Yeah, making calls. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, secret letter drops. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We find out the news. Yes. So let's just get into it. Want to hear it? All right. I'm thinking Arby's. TNA and Mickey James have apparently parted ways. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, just thinking Arby's, man. Oh, Some man. roast beef. <laughs> you know? Uh, continue. Continue. Okay. <laughs> ProWrestling.net reports that TNA's contract with James has expired, and the Knockouts champion has rejected the current offer from the company. Uh, I, I saw an update on this a little bit later that reports say the two are still negotiating. Though. So is this just the new cool thing for TNA talent to do? AJ Styles, the I'm not gr- oh, agreeing, you know, I'm not agreeing, and we already heard Triple H say we don't want any of you. I'm thinking they're strong-arming people. I think they're cutting back money big yeah. time, and they're just trying to – anybody that comes through, they're like, hey, right. you know I mean, see and, who bites. And maybe, you know, the best – News for TNA is Triple H saying we don't want any. Yeah, of them. that could be their best. Play. Yeah, like, uh, hey, like, look, well, you know, if you want to go to ROH or you know, yeah, if you want to go to ROH or back to the indie scene, yeah, by all by means. means yeah. But if you want national TV exposure, you're going to yeah. take our money. Still going to make more here than they right. Are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TNA means there's no asshole. More rumors swirl around the contract status of Ken Anderson. Another guy. Uh-huh. Recent reports say that Anderson injury the injury angle 
from uh, Impact, which we'll get into, is designed to write Anderson off of TV until negotiations are over. Money is rumored to be the holdup in these negotiations, which I would assume they are in all of them. But Yeah, here's... yeah, You know, Mickey James is definitely a valuable asset as far as the women's division yes. goes. You know, yes, did we see her in... WWE and did she had a great did she have a great run? All of that stuff is very true. However, unlike the guys, you could bring her back and she's just as relevant. You know, new storylines, all yes. that stuff. With the guys, when they kind of run their course in WWE, it's really hard for them to come back if yeah. they aren't a top guy like a Kurt Angle yeah. and say. Here he is, because they're like, no, we didn't care yeah, about him the first care, time. Yeah. Why would we care well, about the second time? Well, with TNA, though, like I see, you know, Mickey James is a little more vital to your knockouts roster than Ken Anderson is yeah. to your men's yeah. roster. So if me, I'm I'm working on Mickey James Definitely. and Anderson, I'm kind of like, hey, asshole. Take yeah, literally. Seat. Yeah, yeah, take, take a, a seat. seat. Yeah. So, you know, but like I said, maybe this is the TNA way of business, you know? I don't think they have a way of business. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Bo Knows Wrestling. Former boxing heavyweight champion Riddick Bo wants to be the first person to hold world titles in both boxing and wrestling. And UK promotion Preston City Wrestling stands ready to give him that opportunity, announcing that Bo will wrestle for PCW on March 1st, 2014. Riddick Bo is a former world heavyweight champion boxer beating Evander Holyfield, who Evander Holyfield, in my opinion, is the greatest heavyweight of all time. Saying that, he wasn't an agile Right, yeah, he's not heavyweight. a wrestler. Yeah. yeah, so unless he wrestles kind of like Randy Orton did when he was babyface and hated the business, you could tell, where he just stands in the middle of the ring and throws that guy around and he just catches and does some stuff with him, he's not going to be a good pro wrestler. We've seen this with the MMA guys who are in peak physical condition, Rampage and Tito. Yeah. They're not good hey, as far as wrestlers. So This has suck written all over it. Yeah. This well, is good not going to be good. For us, at least, or at least for me, at least it's in England. Yeah. You know, I don't have to yeah. see it. It's Just, not going to be on my TV. Yeah. <laughs> I'd actually have to seek after it. So Let the British people deal yeah. with it. <laughs> TNA not so live. More questions building regarding TNA's financial standing. The most recent spark being the fact that TNA only has two live events scheduled for the month of October. It's Wichita, Kansas on the 4th and Topeka, Kansas on the 5th. And they canceled their uh, event in Kansas City. Remember, they were going to be oh, here in yeah, Kansas City true. at Kipper Arena. Yeah, they canceled they said, that, huh? They said, no, nah, no. Nah. Uh, Kansas, I find interesting. I have worked for and with the Athletic Commission in the state of Kansas. Uh, they do a fun little double tax on you. They tax the tax. And I remember specifically an agent for TNA when I was backstage uh, at, in, uh, in Memorial Hall when they did a show uh, for the venue I worked right. for. The agent specifically yelled at me thinking I was a part of this decision making saying, right. we will never do a show in Kansas again. I find that interesting. Wow. Now, the athletic commissioner, Martin Thomas, is a huge pro wrestling fan and a former pro wrestling ref. So maybe he struck a deal kind of away from the regulation body that, you know, makes TNA save yeah, some yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, But uh, I find that very interesting. Two shows in Kansas. Mm-hmm. That's some yeah. inside information. You ain't going to hear that on another pro wrestling no, podcast. Yeah. Uh-uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Probably because nobody else wants to talk about it. No, hey, I'm just kidding. No, that was interesting information, though. That was yeah. cool little behind the curtain. Very much so. So yeah. we'll see how those shows go over. Mm. 
Keep your eye on the ball. A photo surfaced on the internet from a fan who attended the No Surrender tapings in St. Louis. The photo shows commentators Mike Tanay and Taz watching the Patriots versus the Jets game that was being played that night while commentating on the TNA matches. <laughs> the fan reports that the commentators had a second monitor so they could watch the game during the entire taping. You know, good for them because honestly, <laughs> two reasons why two reasons why I say good for them. One, yeah. they've been in the pro re- wrestling business for God they knows could, how they long. They could obviously do this and get away with it. Right. And right. two, you know, the TNA product ain't that great. <laughs> so it is the 14th best uh, yeah, wrestling ra- show. Rather watch what the Patriots are going to do without Tebow. Right, exactly. So, you know, oh, good man. for them. I just, I could only imagine being like, well, you guys aren't even interested in Right, this. so why should I even watch? Yeah. So good for them. Yeah. The Spouses of Destruction. The Undertaker and Michelle McCool have both been seen at the WWE Performance Center recently, training in the ring and giving tips to developmental talent. Hey, is there two better people that have the free schedule they do to come in and give the tips? Undertaker, one of the best of all time. And Michelle McCool, honestly, one of the best of all time in absolutely, her own right. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, yeah. so She's often forgotten when people talk about best divas. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Really, I really always good. thought she was really good. The only drawback for her, and it wasn't her fault, was that Southern twang. It kind of right. played mm-hmm. against her as far as you know, being a versatile character. But when she was doing that lay cool stuff, I don't think there was anything better no, as yeah, far as a cool good heel. Yeah, a heel divas faction. So good for good for the wrestlers to get knowledge from those two people. So you think that's just it? Like the performance center, WWE probably asked them, maybe even gave them a per, per appearance pay to yeah. just come there and do that. Oh yeah, I, I definitely think so. You know, that's what it's there for. It's for the guys yeah. on their off season. Hey, well, I just kind of go do maybe, two days. I wonder if maybe they're gearing up for a. Uh, oh uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know the the rumors of Undertaker having health problems probably is weighing on him. I assume th- these are true. Yeah. So you know it's probably weighing on him. So he has to get in there just to see if he could take a bump. Because if he can't take a bump now, yeah. even if your adrenaline's going and it is WrestleMania, you ain't gonna have that good. Because really his options are limited on who he can have great matches with. We already saw Punk. We've seen Triple H. You know, Dolph Ziggler isn't there yet. The only other guy is a yeah. Cena in my book. Yeah, and I don't think Ziggler would even the, – the styles don't necessarily right. work so, together. You know what I mean? Or, you know, you could do a Daniel Bryan maybe, but then even that, that's a hard style for him I, to I'd keep heard, up with. I heard somebody suggest that the Rock Undertaker would be good in that – They're familiar with each other. And the buildup of it. Yeah, could yeah, be, yeah. I mean, it's something the Rock hadn't done. Mm-hmm. I think, for me personally, this is – a side note, we're getting away from the headlines, but for me, the the ultimate match now for Undertaker is Cena. Super Cena, who kicks out everyone's finishers, yada, 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 riding the high streak of beating Rocket last year's WrestleMania versus the streak of Undertaker. You know, that would be the perfect one for both guys. I think that's the best match for both of them, and I hope that would be it. I feel like it won't be. I feel like they'll never do that because I feel even the kids will turn on Cena. Everyone yeah, loves Undertaker. I just don't see Cena job and clean to the Undertaker either. You know? Right. But as far as a buildup, I don't think you can get much yeah, better. No, uh-uh, yeah. Yeah. Off the road again. TNA is reportedly considering taking impact off the road and going back to a single location as another one of their cost-cutting measures. Las Vegas and Orlando are reportedly two sites being discussed. You know, you, we talked about this off-air as we were going over kind of the show rundown. <laughs> 
Uh, and I agree with you. The best way for them to do shows is to travel, but travel in the region that they're from. Yes. You know, you made a great point. They don't need to be in Phoenix. They yeah. don't need to be in L.A. They don't yeah. need to be in Seattle. Orlando, or, Tampa, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. Biloxi. You know, go to these south. Yeah, Eastern. Austin, Texas, I think yeah, would be the farthest yeah. would be the farthest west they should go. Yep, you gotta stay in the, in the SEC territory right, if you're down yeah. there in Florida, right? And, and you could make it special doing one show in New York. Right. One show Yeah, do your big one. Yeah, in Austin. Make make your bound for glory. That's their big one, right? Yeah. Make your bound for glory that. Mm-hmm. You know, you do it Chicago. Right. New York. Right. LA. Even LA, yeah. Philly. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Philly. Yeah, you know. West just, Coast is really hard. I remember hearing this, I, re- I reference it a lot for some reason, because it, I guess it just stuck with me, but that Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast with Ric Flair, when Ric Flair said the reason why the NWA kind of lost its steam is we tried to go west so much, and west wasn't where we should be because Vince had the west won. Because, right. you know, wrestling fans in L.A. aren't like wrestling fans down south. Yeah. They're there more so. Now, I'm not saying everyone, but they're there more so because of the spectacle of SummerSlam right. or the spectacle of John Cena yeah, and all yeah. these guys. They don't really care for Bobby Roode. Right. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I so it's harder to go west with pro wrestling if it's not mainstream like WWE is. So. You know, definitely stay away from the West Coast. Stay in your region. SEC, you know, territory, like you said, would be perfect for them. So if they're going to cut back, yeah. they sh- they sh- they can't go back to the impact zone, though. Yeah, well, that's what the – I don't think they're going back to the impact zone, but I, they're going to go back to a single location. That's yeah. stupid. Because then you, uh, yeah. it just looks like you failed. Yeah, well, they – I mean, but like yeah. – but literally. Yeah, you, appearances you know, are everything. Yeah, appearances yeah. are, well, shit. Why would I want to go to that show now? They couldn't even draw when they came to my town, you know? Yeah, and the the thing about the single location that worked for them was Universal Studios. Right. So you had a guaranteed thing. Mm-hmm. Even if you, let's say, you pick Las Vegas, are you going to guarantee that that Las Vegas crowd is going to be full every time? Right, yeah. For your standard impact? I no. don't know. Yeah. Another Hogan Bites the Dust. ProWrestling.net reports multiple sources as confirming that Hulk Hogan's TNA contract expires this October 1st. They also state that no one representing Hulk Hogan has made a statement regarding the situation. You know, every and then we'll get into it about Night of Champions, but Hulk Hogan winning the poll on WWE.com of greatest WWE champion of all time definitely helps the rumors. You know what helps Hogan, uh, what Hogan's always got in his back pocket, because they tried to do this before and he didn't do it. Vince McMahon has offered him before a flat sum to buy the complete rights to the likeness and the image and everything of Hulk Hogan, and then it'll be his to make mm-hmm. money off of. Hulk Hogan's got that retirement severance package yeah. forever. Once he's finally done yeah. and he knows, hey, I've only got, you know, I'm not wrestling, I'm not involved anymore, I'm 70 or whatever right, at that yeah, age, yeah. whatever he wants to be, oh, all right, sell out to Vince. Yeah. And then I've got money for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. and I'm done. So he could give... Two fucks less about TNA, yeah. honestly. Yeah, you know and, I mean? and, and I think that's true. I think at first when he did go to TNA, he was seeing this as a WCW versus WWF yes. kind of thing. Yeah. But then when he realized, man, you know, the writers or, or me or whoever it is that is really ultimately responsible for kind of the mishandling of writing. Yeah. 
then he kind of yeah then he stopped caring you yeah. know what i'm just gonna go to appearing you know putting my voice on the tna commercials and getting out if he leaves october 1st bound for glory is not until the 20th or something like that i think what what Extension, would be probably yeah and i hate this term because now it's becoming in storylines but would be best for business is bound for glory would then be his final right. whatever it is oh, man they could put something in there that could help yeah the bound for glory get over. oh you know what would be perfect this literally just came to my head do a bully ray versus hogan winner gets control of the company have bully win yeah. Hogan bows out. Bully now is bigger than ever because now he yes. runs TNA. Oh. And it's legitimate. I mean, yeah. to us, right. we would think, it's, oh, because now Hogan's gone. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be the best thing yeah, for all yeah. all parties. But we'll see what happens. It's a good idea. What happens, I should say. Yeah. Grand Prix Biasi. Mm-hmm. Let me hear it. The Wrestling Observer reports that Ted DiBiase Jr., will make his first post-WWE appearance on Sunday, October 12th. He will be facing off with Colt Cabana in the opening round of FWE's Grand Prix Tournament in Brooklyn, New York. Well, here's the thing about DiBiase. We know he can still wrestle. Uh-huh. So him and Colt Cabana, even uh-huh. if I don't care about his character, I'd like to see that match if I'm in that town. I um, I, I guess maybe the future that he so believed in in, in College Garage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Com isn't, is, yeah, see ya. You know, like uh, maybe that's, I believe so strongly in the future. But not to pay the bills in the present. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those kind of mm-hmm. things. So, well, but that should be interesting, man. Go out there and get some experience outside of the yeah outside of the WWE. Yeah, you know, see, and here it could just be a feeler to see if he likes it. You know, yeah. Well, do I still doing want the John to... Morrison MVP thing? Hell, go right. over to Japan. I mean, I guess he's got family though. It might yeah. not be easy to do. Right. Yeah. And finally, you can't fire me. I quit. News broke over the week of Jim Ross officially retiring. From WWE, the usual public congratulations from wrestlers and company officials followed, of course. Although, if you notice, because I found this interesting, no current WWE star mm, said anything. Really? I did not notice that. It was all Stephanie, Triple well, yeah. you could say Triple H, company, whatever. Right, yeah, 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 it was all company people. There was no John Cena, CM Punk. Uh-uh. Uh, None of those people said that, anything. Huh? Yeah, I noticed well, that. Well, yeah, as the week progressed, it became increasingly public that Ross was more accurately fired. By the WWE. Company officials are reportedly still very angry with Ross and Flair, Ric Flair, for their behavior at the WWE 2K14 appearance during the SummerSlam week. Uh, WWE is reportedly specifically angry with Ross for not redirecting the conversation while Ric Flair was telling the stories that led him to being in poor standing with the company. (sighs) Now, they also reportedly feel that Ross was intoxicated at the event, saying that he wasn't quite himself, even though JR has repeatedly denied that claim. I bet he might have had a few in him with Ric Flair before the thing. If Ric Flair was drunk, I bet you they might have had a few. But now Jim Ross, I don't think, would have gotten sloppy drunk. So maybe he was maybe just kind of relaxed and maybe not his usual. And here's the point. thing. I, I, I just I don't understand it. And it really gives me a headache trying to even comprehend it. But it was a panel discussion for the video game. Yeah. 2K14 even put it on, and they were happy as, as pigs and shit with the event. They loved it. Everyone loved it. Yeah. The only, like, I would almost understand if this was, let's just hypothetically say they did a panel discussion on SmackDown or on Raw right. or on Main Event, and it went down that way. Totally understand. But this was such a side project 
on top of a side project that it, it, I'm, I feel like I'm a huge, huge wrestling fan and I try to watch every single thing. I watched it and it made my ears perk up when Flair mentioned TNA and Mick Foley's match with him and, and TNA. I go, oh. That probably uh, shouldn't have been said. Yeah. But everything else was I think fine. They were really angry at Flair for saying Cena was a hell of a drinker. He is. He used to yeah, say it. I get you. I get you. But you know what I mean? I, th- I think there's just little things. And they probably just blew it way out of portion. And one thing made him mad. And then everything. Yeah. That he said after that. And, mad. and then it's probably. They were probably both visibly drunk. If you ask me, if I had to guess, and they were probably just pissed off at them from the beginning. Yeah. Like, you motherfuckers think, showed up here drunk to yeah, represent us. Yeah. And I don't think Jim Ross was drunk. I think maybe he had a couple. Right. You know, but I still, I still think he was okay. Of everyone, the, the the thing that stood out to me that I remember the most is actually from Daniel Bryan when they go, "What does WrestleMania mean to you?" And he says, "It's the lowest point in my career." Really? That to me made me go, "What? Wow! Yeah, well, yeah wow! Mm. Not Ric Flair just saying John Cena's a hell of a drinker. Oh wow, John Cena's human." No way. That's what? so crazy. Yeah. Newsflash. Meanwhile, while you're pissed off about this stuff with he's a drinker by Ric Flair, he's over on Total Divas telling uh, Nikki Bella, oh, hey, we got a couple minutes before yeah, lunch. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Talking yeah, about yeah. sex. Yeah. So shut up, you idiots. And Jim Ross, <laughs> for the great mind that he is, taking all the shit from Vince, it seems like his entire career, the best. The I, I wish I was friends with Jim Ross because I would tell him don't retire yeah. that's stupid yeah come out of retirement go work for TNA oh yeah yeah oh I know just to slap them in the just face just to slap them in the face because he doesn't need their money anymore nope and, just... all, and if Hogan's on his way out that's perfect for Jim yeah. Ross yeah that would be you know oh, I'd love to see it but that hey, would man, be amazing we gotta get into a break we gotta come back man we're gonna talk about our uh, what happened at Night of Champions and talk about our pay-per-view picks. Hey, this John Cena used to drink. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, this is what, when we talk about the John Cena heel turn, like, it's in him. He can make a great heel. But it ain't gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. I don't know, but what is gonna happen? We're gonna come back after this break on the Spanish announce table on the Trending Topics Network. Word life. Mixed Martial Arts has found a home in Kansas City. Fight Show Live with Ozone and Tina. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 as they cover the cage with news, commentary, calls, and big name interviews. Oh my god! Heel to the jaw. How good was that? Experts in the business of beatdown. He paused with the left and bang! Right on the jaw. Fight Show Live with Ozone and Tina. Sunday nights at 8 on Sports Radio 1025 The Fan. And the Spanish announce table is back for more destruction as well. Putting your ass through the Spanish announce Through the Spanish announce table. Hey, we had a pay-per-view. Yeah, and it was a good one. It was a good one. A WWE pay-per-view, Night of Champions. This one seems like it's going to be a mainstay that we're going to see for a few years. Yeah, I like the format, though. Yeah, yeah. Every title, Mm -hmm. you know, I like it. Did every title get defended? I don't know if everyone did. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, we'll go through it, man. We'll yeah. find out. We're just going to go through it right now. 
Yes. Right let's now? Do it. Let's go. So we kick off. Of course, you have the pre show. Now, Josh, looks like I wrote Jose Matthews. Josh Matthews. <laughs> you did. Booker T, Alex Riley, and Santino are the analysts at the thing. At SummerSlam, you had Shawn Michaels. Right. I guess you had Booker T. Yeah. But you had Vicky Guerrero. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Alex Riley? Santino? Well, Alex Riley. He's starting to do the play-by-play for NXT, and so, so that I think, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think they're just trying to groom him more and more. As I think he's done pro wrestling, I think he's going to be a commentator. Well, you know what I mean. If if he can't, yeah, can't I, hack, he might as well try something different, right? You know? Yeah, I think he's got something in him, but I mean, who knows? And Santino makes sense, I guess, because he just came back, so to keep him fresh in people's minds, he's a unique character. And Booker T's always in a suit. Yeah, yeah, always in a suit. Yeah, yeah, well dressed man. Well. We kick off the pre-show. We got the tag team turmoil. Now this is for the number one title or number one contenders for the tag team titles for later that evening. Mm-hmm. And the tag team turmoil. Two teams start. One gets eliminated. Be a pinfall, DQ, whatever. And the next one comes out gauntlet style. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Kicks off. Tons of Funk versus Three MB. Tenzai ends up getting a schoolboy pin on Drew McIntyre to get the pin. Thus, Three MB is eliminated, which brings out the real Americans to face Tons of Funk. And Brodus ends up tapping to Swagger's ankle lock. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Which is even gets even cooler when uh, the Usos come out next to face the real Americans. And we end up with Jay Uso tapping to Swagger's ankle lock. Mm-hmm. And the Usos are So now we've got two ankle locks by Swagger here, putting him over kind of well in this match, right? And then it comes down to the final two. got the real Americans versus the prime time. Millions of dollars. Players. Millions of dollars. Do you notice they always show crowd shots of the seven yes. to eight? pairs of people yes. doing that yeah, you know yeah. i don't think it's caught on as much as they hope they just keep but showing, they keep doing showing it, yeah. those four it's or five people cool, though. I oh i love do it, it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll do it next time we're at a show yes. we'll do the millions of dollars yes well uh darren young gets the big pin over swagger after hitting his finisher so mm-hmm. number one contenders winners of this match are the primetime players and so what did we pick on this now we picked let me pull it up right here you picked the winners would be primetime players. Yes. I do. I pinfall. Did. Yeah. Right? So you got bum, 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 eight bum. points. Write that down. Those of you with the enhanced radios, I am doing the Daniel Bryan yes motion in victory of my first match. Correct. 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 <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't even talk. And that's just the first match. Yeah, I picked PTP by the pinfall too. So, <laughs> damn it, we both get the eight points there. All right, so fair enough. Yeah, we're still, we're we're yeah. neck and neck on this I one. I still got the overall lead. Neck and neck on this one. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I took it to overall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would brag about that too. <laughs> I'm like, what would you brag about that? That's stupid. Yeah. All right, so. Following that, we get the actual pay-per-view, the actual show. Night of Champions. Night of Champions. Mm-hmm. Triple H comes out, says tonight's going to be one of the greatest nights in WWE history. Calm he, down. <laughs> he want, right, yeah. He wants to prove to the crowd that he's not a bad guy, so he mandates that there will be no interference in tonight's main event from anyone, including Big Show and The Shield. So this is an easy way to have the match not end as everything else have been having with a big schmoz mm-hmm. and have a big fight. So Paul Heyman inter- interrupts, and he's got... Curtis Axel with him, and he's begging Triple H to call up this match tonight. Triple H refuses. Axel says, 
I think something personal is going on here. And he says it's because when I debuted as a Heyman guy on Raw in Kansas City, which he said, mm-hmm. yeah, Kansas City, he says that I beat you that night. Yeah? Now, Triple H says not to poke the bear. He says, you know what? I realized I did make a mistake this night, you know, but it's a mistake I can fix. And that mistake is that at Night of Champions, the Intercontinental Championship isn't on the line. So, so tonight, I'm going to go back and I'm going to grab the first guy I see, and you're going to have an Intercontinental title match. And Kofi's sitting there at Gorilla. And Kofi, yeah. Why is Kofi <laughs> hanging around? Why is Kofi even there? Right, right? Yeah, you're yeah. Not the match tonight. Why are you there? Yeah. yeah. So we get Kofi Kingston in another Intercontinental title match. This guy's, this is all Kofi does is has Intercontinental yeah. title match. Yeah, he is Mr. Intercontinental title match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so an unexpected match. I mean, it goes well. I mean, these are two professionals who know how to put on a match pretty well. Axel hits his finisher, gets the pinfall. Winner still Intercontinental Champion, Curtis Axel. We didn't pick this because we didn't, we didn't know fucking gonna know it was going to be on. <laughs> So we get a poll, and these polls go throughout the night. This one shows Chris Jericho is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. A quick question. Agree? I kind of agree. Honky Tonk Man's up there I mean, with his streak. Ultimate I, Warrior is a big name. Being an Macho old man. school guy, I owe, not an old school guy, but to me, when I think intercontinental title, for some reason, I always think Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect, yeah. And I don't even know if his title runs were that long. But I just think Intercontinental title was It looked perfect. right around him. Yeah, it just felt like, yep, that's exactly yeah, I right. I remember Ultimate Warrior. I remember Shawn now Michaels. Saying that, yeah, now, saying that, I am not opposed to the Chris Jericho. Yeah, I mean, he was amazing. more times than anybody yeah, else. Yeah, he was yeah. amazing. So, anyhow. Well, we get some backstage segments. RVD and Ricardo and AJ Lee and her band of divas. The divas tell her they're not going to help her tonight. I thought that was interesting. I yeah. thought that was good, too. Mm-hmm. Trish Stratus, the greatest divas slash women's champion of all time, according to the poll. And I agree with that now. Because, as I said last week, AJ keeps going. I might bump Trish Stratus to number two and put AJ number one. Because she's a more dynamic character and more interesting character. Fabulous Moolah? You know, that's before my time. And I know she held it in six different decades, yada, yada, yada. I just don't remember anything. And that's just me being young. Yeah. I guess. Michelle McCool was on that list, though. How we were talking about the first thing. Michelle McCool, she was on Uh that list. So credit to them to put her on there. Right. Now we get the Fatal Four Way. Yes. The Fatal Femme Fatale Four Way of Naomi versus Brie Bella versus Natalia versus AJ Lee for the Divas title lots of anger in this match a lot of bunch of fighting amongst everybody you know mm-hmm. uh eventually aj lee gets the submission victory over natalia yeah and uh that was pretty cool i i liked the double sharpshooter from natalia yeah i thought that was the move of the night and i like when that happens yeah that double sharpshooter was was nice. yeah, yeah but i like when that happens when the divas get that awesome yes, spot when they do a spot yeah. yeah 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 so we go to our picks let me hear it uh-huh. you picked brie bella would win the title. Damn it. You picked a Total Divas run-in, which didn't happen. Nope. You picked a pinfall. Didn't happen. Nope. So what'd you get? Zero. Big fat old goose egg. Damn it. I picked a pinfall. Didn't happen. I picked a Divas run-in. Didn't, didn't happen. happen. But I did pick AJ Lee to retain. You got giving it. Giving me a fat old five points, baby. Five points. I'll give it to you. In the yeah. lead. You got that. In the lead, man. Mm-hmm. I'm in the lead. I know. What are you going to do about it? Just keep on going. You're just going to keep on going? Yeah, I guess that's all you can do, huh? So, right now, yeah, I'm up 13-8. to eight. Hey, Come on, let's keep going I think I'm with these. Good. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm all right, let's. No, we should just end here. No, no, no there's another match. You want to end here? Nope. We can just end here. And, and I'll just take not. my five-point nope. 
Chuck in there. All right, fine. We get the world title match between Rob Van Dam and A.D.R. And can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. I'm tired of Ricardo Rodriguez with RVD. Yeah. It doesn't fit. It sucks. It's stupid. Even they, I don't think, like it. No. And it's just force-fed. Yeah. And I. And we not- don't even get a run-in from him in this match. We nope. don't get nothing from him. Nope. Uh, ADR ends up getting disqualified when he doesn't let go of the cross arm breaker after five seconds once RVD got to the ropes. We didn't call that. No, we did not call that. Here's what we called. You said ADR would submit RVD with a cross arm breaker. So you were so close. So close. Damn it. Why didn't so you let close. go after four? And you picked uh, a Ricardo running. So you got a big fat goose egg there, too. Had ADR actually won with that cross arm breaker, I you would have got won. The points for that. I would have won big time. Well, I said a pinfall, mm-hmm. which I didn't get. I said a Ricardo run in for ADR, which I didn't get. But I said RVD would win and win the world. Heavyweight title. Which so he didn't, he didn't get the title, get the but he did title. win. But he did get the win. So and our, our rules here uh-huh. say picking the correct winner of a match will earn you five points. Hey, then huh? you get it. Then you get then it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to take him. Yep, you take it. I'm going to take him. Jerk. Five more points. That uh, brings us up to uh, 18 to 8. I'm leaving my 10 points. Hey, there's some more matches. No, let's, let's just go. end it. Nope. Yeah. Come on. No, it's in it. Well, come on. Then we got another out of nowhere left field match in Fandango versus The Miz. I didn't expect this either. Did you? No. I mean, I thought they'd do something, but I thought it was going to be backstage. Yeah. You know. So, uh, Fandango ends up tapping to the final four. The figure four, excuse me, final four. It's not the final The same F- basketball. No, the same basketball. But it, the figure four, Miz winning versus submission. No, yeah. And we didn't have that. Yeah. And not really. I mean, match was... Yeah, I mean, it was a good match. filler. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it was good to see Fandango and the pay-per-view crowd do all of it and, you know, get involved. It was cool. It was nice, but it yeah. didn't serve any purpose, I didn't think. Well, next coming up is a big match we've been waiting for. Curtis yes. Axel and Paul Heyman versus C.M. Punk. Yes, and this was a good one. Lots of hardcore actions. Mm-hmm. Chairs, mm-hmm. kendo stick, mm-hmm. and putting the wood to each other. I like when they chanted, we want tables, and uh, Curtis Axel's like, well, then here you go, and he pulled it out, <laughs> I was like, good for him. That's like the Randy Orton yeah, thing. Yeah, He's yeah. like, what oh, the hell is this? Yeah, what the hell is this? He's got his hands on a table, yeah, yeah. and they're like, get the table. Yeah, what the hell what is this? this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Punk hits the GTS to Axel, and then locks on the Anaconda Vice, mm-hmm. and uh, Axel submits. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then we get Punk chasing Heyman around. You know, through the crowd, into the ring, gets him, handcuffs him, and as he's about to beat his ass, Ryback comes in. Comes out of nowhere. And I was so close on this one, too. So close. Beats down uh, Punk, uh-huh. puts Heyman on the top. Uh-huh. Heyman gets the pinfall. Winner, Paul Heyman by pinfall. And he got handcuffed, which I thought was cool, yeah. too. So here we go on our picks. Yep, let me hear You it. picked Punk pins Axel. Didn't happen. But we're going to give you points for winning that match, right? Yep. So there's five. Yep. Okay? Because he didn't pin him, but he won. Yep. That. So I'll give you five there. A run in by Brock. Damn it! That. Like, it was so Brock close. light. <laughs> but then you got Paul pins Punk. So there's another eight points. You're five for the correct thing and uh, the correct method of victory. So mm-hmm. now you got 13 points total for that match. Yes, I did. Yeah. Now, I had Punk pins Axel. Same thing. Five points, not yeah. the pinfall. And then I've got um, an Axel run in after that. Didn't happen. And then Heyman pins Punk. You had that? Yeah. Son of a bitch. I thought that's where so, I was. <laughs> so we got another 13 points here. And we're still uh, I'm up 31. Come on. We got some more. No, we I think we're just in the, in, the, in the deal here. All right. Here we go. 
Dean Ambrose. Dolph Ziggles. And this was great because there was no interference by the Shield. The, yeah. We got to see a very good future, I feel, a future heavyweight title match with Ziggler and Ambrose. I think this could be a world heavyweight title or even a WWE title uh, at a WrestleMania or SummerSlam in two years. Yeah, this, I really could, feel. Be, yeah, this could be something done the way. Good match. No interference from the Shield. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, uh, Ambrose gets the pin. Yeah. Ambrose gets pinfall win. You can't have them lose no, uh, on, on them. Uh-uh. I think when they will fall apart, because eventually, you know, all of these factions do, when they fall apart, I think it will be at one of the big four. A Rumble, a Survivor Series, a uh, SummerSlam, a WrestleMania. Yeah. That's when we'll start to see them crumble or turn on each other. Because it doesn't make sense for them to yeah, do it no. at a night of champions, yeah, no, or no. even lose at a night yeah, of no. champions. That's got to be a slow build to, yeah. to a thing. Well, you said Ambrose would win via pinfall, so yes. eight points. You said a Shield run in didn't happen. Shit, we get you eight points. Yes, I said Ambrose would win with a pinfall and have a Shield run in, so yeah. I got the same eight points. God damn yeah, it! Yeah. So I'm still up by those by ten. Fucking divas. Yeah. <laughs> So we can just end here if you want. Uh, no. no <laughs> All right, going. now we get the world tag team title match. We got the primetime players fresh off of their tag team turmoil Millions victory. Of Millions of dollars. Versus Rollins and Reigns, the tag team champions. And this was a good tag team match. It I was mean, great. Yeah. I always, you know, WWE could have amazing tag team wrestling oh, they if they cared to. about they it. They used to. If they cared about yeah. it, this could be great yeah. all the time. But anyhow. Well, reportedly Triple H wants more of it. I mean, he's probably fighting some of the daddy boss mm-hmm. off about it but uh reigns spears titus rollins pins him winners rollins and reigns via pinfall it was good and then all three of them stood in the in the yes, ring with yep. their titles right and it was like there it is yeah. like, that's the future right there those all three right. guys so we go back to the board and you said uh shield would win by a pinfall so you got that eight points you also said there would be a shield running or ambrose running right, right yeah, yeah. distraction didn't happen damn it I said PTP would win ha! by a disqualification. Yes, dun, 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 and a running by the shield. So I got a fat goose egg. Yeah, here we go, making up that so, ground. So you close the gap. It's yeah. thirty-seven, thirty-nine in favor of me. Uh oh. And it all comes down to this: the main event, the main event of the evening oh, for the WWE title: Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton. Very good match. Very good match. And here's the thing: they, you know, they were doing this on Raw before they were in the title picture. You know what I mean? They had a good feud outside of this WWE, you know, main event storyline stuff. So you knew it was going to be good, and they definitely delivered. You know, it, it was really important for them. This kind of a side note: I thought this was really important for both of them to show we can carry the ball while Cena's gone. Yeah, so I, I like that. We're going to go to the board here. Let's I'm going to right start to with me. Well, we got to say who won. We didn't say who won. We didn't? No, you just said the title match, and then I went into my comments. Well, nobody cares who won. <laughs> you got to say because we got to Daniel go. Bryan ends up avoiding an RKO yep. with a kick to Orton's head and then the running knees. I like this yeah, running knee. Do you like vicious, it? Yeah. I like it because it looks vicious, and it yeah. feels like you got to sell it right. Yeah, and it feels like it's safe for the other guy taking it. Yes, exactly. You know? Yes, exactly. Low impact. Right. You know, it looks high impact. Right. Uh, gets the pin mm-hmm. and the title. And, I mean, no running. No, no blowback. Nope. Stands in the ring. Yes, he says it. Walks up to the ramp. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad ever happens to him. Walks out with his title. Smiles. Great night for him. Yeah. So okay. now we go to the board. Now we go We're to start the board. with me. Yep. We'll see what I get and then see, see if you can make ground because okay. you're already two down. 
I said Randy Orton would win by a pinfall. Yes. So I didn't get Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Get the pinfall. Are we going to count that? No. 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 He didn't. You yeah. got to pick the winner first. Yeah, you got to pick the winner first. So I get nothing. I said a big show running for RKO for Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Got a goose egg. Yep. What'd I get? You said there'd be a shield running for Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. You also said there'd be a big show running for Daniel Bryan. Right. Neither happened. Would have been cool if it did. You said Orton wins. Damn it. By DQ. So I lost. So you got nothing. Well, you goose know what? Egg. All right. Two points down. So what am I up by 30 because of my SummerSlam predictions? Well, let's just go to the board over here. <laughs> so we're going to add 39 to my total. You add that. And we're going to add 37. Two points. To your total. Damn those divas. Yeah, you are now up 80 to 70 overall. Oh, my 10. It's a close one. Yeah, so it's I'm, a I'm, close I've, one, folks. I've, I've gained ground. Three weeks, we got another one. I've gained ground. Uh-huh. I'm closing in on you. Speaking of ground, the next pay-per-view, Battleground. Mm-hmm. Did you like that segue? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, that's when we get your uh, next attempt to take over the leader. Yeah, oh, I'll I'll smash the showstopper, the main event, the icon of picking wrestling matches, T Mac. Night of Champions was good. I Very it good. Came off good, and it was good for like Daniel Bryan to use this as, hey, this was my career, kids. You know what else was good too? They kind of it was good for the storylines in that. They didn't really end any of them. Right. So they can keep these going mm-hmm. for their next thing and kind of reload what Now, I wasn't happy, though, as we get into Raw. I was not happy with what they did right off the bat. So we'll get into that. But, uh, like I said, good for Daniel Bryan because it is something good. He can show his grandkids, his kids. Like, I was a pro wrestler, and at one time, I was the best. Look at this pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk Raw when we come back. After another short break on the Spanish announce table on the Trending Topics Network. What's up? It is Heavy Set, and I'm here to tell you about Kayfabe Sports Radio, the home of the Ohio Indie Report and NFL Easy Picks. On the Ohio Indie Report, I break down what's going on in the Cleveland scene of independent wrestling, from AIW to Prime Wrestling, and some of the little organizations in between that I can attend. And if you also like NFL football, be sure to check out NFL Easy Picks hosted by myself and my good friend Joe Bennett as we break down and talk about what is going on in football and we make our picks on the coming week's games. And all this can be found at www.kfabesports.com. You can also find us on iTunes by searching Kfabe Sports Radio. And while you're at kfabesports.com, be sure to check out the links for Kfabe Sports Radio, Ohio Indie Report, and NFL Easy Picks on Facebook and Twitter. So for now, be sure to check out the Ohio Indie Report and NFL Easy Picks on Kayfabe Sports Radio, where it's all a work. another good walkout song just like the shit's about to go down yeah and this was at the time i think this was the best undertaker because undertaker being that you know dead dementive you know crazy 
cult leader. Yeah, yeah. This was like the definition of what that character was at the all-time peak, and he was wrestling great matches with Stone Cold. Yes. He had the look of the beard. He had that big trench coat. Yeah, I don't even know what ominous. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This music fit perfect. This was the best Undertaker of all time. <coughs> Followed like by it. the worst Undertaker when he did the uh, I'm a motorcycle. I'm a, mo- I'm a motorcycle uh, Limp Biscuit listening uh, Redneck. Yeah, Yeehaw. I wear a bandana. I wear a bandana and cut my hair. I'm a ginger. <laughs> raw. <laughs> Let's go to Raw. Let's yeah, after that comment. Uh, also emanating from the famous land of Cleve. Huh? Mm-hmm. Land of Cleve getting a lot of wrestling lately. It's a good town. It's, yeah. They lost LeBron. <laughs> they lost LeBron, so what are you going to do? Yeah, you got to throw him a bone every so often. Well, Daniel Bryan comes out to huge yes chance with the title. Yeah. Crowd's going nuts, and we get Triple H. Triple H says Brian's victory last night is tainted, and he brings out the referee Scott Armstrong, and then he shows footage and compares Armstrong's count last night to his previous ones, and says, "Look, this is a fast count, and Armstrong can't deny it." Even admits he's like, "I don't know, it's a fast count, but I don't know what to tell you." And Triple H says there's more to the story, and he's stripping Daniel Bryan of the title for conspiring with an official. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Daniel Bryan refuses to hand it over, and Triple H telling him you've disgraced yourself and your family. You know, I mean, digging into him. And Randy Orton comes out. He's furious. He's angry. He wants the title. Triple H tells him, calm down and handle it. And uh, Brian still refuses to hand over the title, and he gets an RKO for his trouble. And, and then uh, the title is taken away from him. Yeah. I thought that was cool. The only thing I didn't like is when Armstrong looks at Daniel Bryan. He's like, hey, they caught on to us. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then Daniel Bryan's, you know, playing the, hey, you know, that was no, I'm not a part of what you're saying. Yeah. And it was all believable. But here's the part where I think JBL is a little bit too good. And it reminds me of Jesse Ventura because Jesse Ventura would mess up doing this stuff. He goes, JBL said later in the show, he goes, does a criminal ever admit to, you know, committing a crime? No. And I was yeah. like, well, that makes perfect sense. Maybe Daniel Bryan is. You're not supposed to make me think yeah, that. No, uh-uh, you're yeah. so, just supposed to make me think like. Ah, it's good what they're doing. Yeah. But JBL makes you think, like, maybe Daniel Bryan well, isn't on this. So here we go once again. Daniel Bryan back on the chase of the title. And, and they love, do this. It, it's good that, like, he didn't lose the match. Right. And I love that he's been a two-time champ and hasn't had the title for more than 24 hours. He's been a two-time <laughs> WWE title champ. Yeah, WWE title champ. One-time World Heavyweight champ, and he didn't have that very long either. Right. He, he had at least that for a pay-per-view. Yeah. And he yeah. defended it. Yeah. But... Yeah, he's been a two-time champ and yeah. hasn't held the belt for more than 24, 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get Triple H and Stephanie in the back. They're arguing when Randy Orton walks in demanding his title. And Stephanie says, unless he can find the ruthless Randy Orton of old, then perhaps they might be looking for a new face. And Randy. I don't mean to brag, but she brought up when Randy Orton handcuffed Triple H and then DDT'd her. Uh, that happened in a great city called Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah, and I was actually there. And that was cool. Kansas City. You were, you were at that, huh? Yeah, I was. Yeah, when was that? I think I might have been... Was I here then? No, I didn't uh, know. Well, I mean, I don't... <laughs> not here. Everybody knows me. Uh, well, then we get Dolph Ziggler versus Dean Ambrose. Night of Champions rematch. And great back and forth, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is what, is what they do. Uh, Ziggler hits a surprise zigzag for the pinfall. We get Dolph Ziggler... <laughs> Yeah, but I get I'm I'm a little irritated. Maybe this is just personal preference, and the listeners, uh, you know, tell me if you disagree with me, and that's okay. But I get irritated with all of these victories 
on these champions in non non title matches. You know, Alberto Rio, it seems like, in my mind, loses every night except for pay per view nights. Yeah. And now Dean Ambrose is losing. Yeah. But it ain't for the title. It's like, yeah, damn it. It is, it is weird. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that either. But. I like it, though, because it continues the storyline of Dolph and Dean Ambrose. But he beat him clean. And I don't know. It just it didn't like it didn't it didn't resonate with me. I, I was kind of. Yeah. It was off putting because I was like, well, <laughs> just do it for the, the title. Already. Yeah, 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 just yeah. do it for the title. Then. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Well, we get the Mad Ox. He's in the back. He's uh, confirming with. <laughs> the mad the ox. mad ox, <laughs> Brad Maddox in the back. He's. I hope to God we get him on this show, and I want <laughs> you to tell him about this idea. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. If you're talking WWE, look, they're bringing out Los Matadores, right? Okay. I mean, we've got True, the Mad Ox. Fair enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mad Ox, man. He could even like his finisher could be called Mad Mad Ox Disease. Yeah? Calm it down. All right. Calm it down. Well, he's uh, confirming with Triple H that Daniel Bryan tonight will, in fact, be facing Roman Reigns of the Shield. That kind of excites me. It sounds like that'll be a good match. Stephanie is scolding the big show. Uh-huh. And she tells him to wait in the office until called upon, and he replies with a, yes, Mrs. McMahon. I like that he didn't cry in this segment. Yeah. That was the only thing about it. Yes, Mrs. McMahon. Isn't she Mrs. LeBet? Yeah, but I guess for, you know, storyline purposes. Wouldn't she be Mrs. Helmsley McMahon or something? Yeah. That would have been great if you had been like, yes, Mrs. Helmsley McMahon. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been. Yeah. Uh, you know, need to call us up. They need to get us on the payroll. Yes, they do. I, I, I'm starting to really buy into this McMahon-Helmsley part two yeah, regime. Yeah. I loved it the first time around. But this feels more real. Yeah, yeah. The first time around was, hey, we're taking over because we're evil. Brute force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brute force. We're taking no, over with dirty actual, tactics. This feels like it's genuine. This like, is real-life corporate douchebagginess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, they're really D-bags because they're doing what's, quote, best for business. Well, best for business, speaking of, we get Fondango versus our truth huh? And, I mean, that is what's best for business. Can they just fire our truth? I wish uh, he must work for pennies. Here's the thing. And they just can Here's use the them. thing. I still love the idea of jobbers. And jobbers are needed to help new talent or talent that's trying something new to get it over. Totally understand. But our truth was a main eventer at one time. Yeah. So it makes no sense for him now to just job to Fondango. He wrestled John Cena at Capital Punishment yep. for the title. Yep. He had a great storyline with Miz where they ran you know in what, as fired this employees. Is, now he's just doing nothing, so is, just get rid of him. This is before the influx of all the new talent that they built. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You didn't ride the tide. You stayed where you were at, and you didn't improve. You didn't change. You didn't do anything. So get rid of him. Just get rid of him. Yeah, but I, I understand why they're not, because you need jobbers. Yeah. I get that. But I'm just tired of seeing them. Well, Fondango, uh, he, uh, no, I mean, this match was nothing special. Fondango gets his top rope leg drop. He needs to stop doing that. Uh, hey, hey, That's hey. going to make hey. him 5'10 by the time he's yeah. done with his career. Well, he got the pinfall. <laughs> Excuse me. And now we get the American Dream. Dustin American Dream. More cowbell. I like that uh, JBL yeah, said yeah, that, too. Yeah. He's like, you know what this uh, song, or I think it was King. King was like, you know what this song needs? More cowbell. Oh, you mean uh, King stole jokes? I didn't, uh, no way. Yeah, no, no way. 
Uh, I heard him on the Steve Austin podcast. Did you hear that? Yes. That he yeah. said he got a book called A Thousand and One Insults, mm-hmm. and he used to carry that around mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, that, 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 I was like, that's where he gets a lot of yeah. these. Yeah. yeah. Well, we my get favorite Dusty one. Yeah, yeah. My favorite one before we go farther, yeah. uh, any farther. My favorite one is, you know, Ray Mysterio, he's so short you can see his feet in his driver's license. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Anyhow, go ahead. Well, so I guess, uh, in uh, the social media universe, we had gotten Stephanie McMahon calling Dusty Rose to come for some business, and mm-hmm. he agreed. So that's why he's here. And uh, he says tonight he's not the American dream Dusty Rhodes. He's there tonight as Virgil Runnels. Which, in his amazing career, I don't think he's ever referred to himself as yeah. his real name. Yeah, I think they've acknowledged the Runnels name before, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Terry Runnels. Right. When they did the Gold Dust, yeah. Dusty Runnels and Terry Runnels like marriage thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they never brought in Dusty. Yeah. And this is the first time I can remember Dusty Rhodes saying, my name is Virgil Runnels. Yeah, yeah Virgil. Was- well, so Dusty praises his family. He says he's got these boys and they're great. And he says he's there to get Cody's job back. You know, he tells Steph, come out here and let's get on with this business proposition. Yeah. Stephanie enters and says Dusty's words were so touching and how they all feel so bad for what happened, you know, like something's been tearing them apart. And uh, her business proposition is that Dusty can pick that Cody gets his job back or Dustin, Goldust, can have a job. Pick one. Yeah? Yeah? What would you do here? Well, you know what? This is what I would do. And I don't have kids, so this is going to be way insensitive of me, but he came here. Or he came there that night to say, I'm yeah, getting Cody's job back. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah, Dustin. Yeah. You, I wasn't there for you. Yeah. The opportunity yeah. came, and that's well, great. But would I wasn't Dustin there for have been you? mad because Dustin went there to fight for Cody's job? So, yeah. by any means necessary, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, Dusty asks her if she only feeds her favorite kid at dinner and <laughs> basically tells her to go to hell. Yeah, I like that. Because, like, she, you know, she wouldn't let him speak. And so he went on her mic and yeah, was yeah. like, You can go to hell yeah. on her mic. Yeah. I thought that was great. And, and she was. Perfect corporate, like Dusty, calm down. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it was just, it was like yeah. I said, I just they're love pulling out. Tri- Triple H and Stephanie are playing this role. Yeah, amazingly, yeah, perfect. to a T. Like, like okay, mm-hmm. let's you stop being a yeah. So uh, the Shield come out because of this. She calls the Shield out, even mm-hmm. I think yeah. And uh, she also calls out Big Show, and she says, "You didn't want to make a choice earlier. Now you can make the choice whether or not you want to be destroyed by the Shield mm-hmm. or destroyed by the Big Show." Knocked right? out by the big show, yeah. yeah. And she eventually has to decide for him because who's going to decide on it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she chooses the big show. Who's Although reluctant. I would pick the big show knockout. Yeah, I've been knocked yeah. out before. You don't usually feel it. You just wake up feeling hungover. Yeah, yeah. So I would have picked that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, big show's reluctant to do it, right? And so she's going to stick the shield on him. Fine, whatever. He stops it. Stops on Okay, I'll do it. He tells Dusty, I'm sorry. I don't want to do this. Knocks him out, even catches him, lays him gently. uh, Okay, yeah. I'll share my thoughts, and then I want your thoughts on this segment as well. (laughs) Okay, so he does it, and I liked. I seriously liked. This was when I was like, "This is cool. This is what they should be doing to Big Show." Until he starts crying, you knock him. This is what I think you should do. This is me being better than everyone else, thinking I can write better than everyone who's listening or that's working there. You have him. Knock him out, catch him. I like that part. But then stare at Stephanie in disgust as if you're yeah, making me yeah, the yeah, – you're, yeah. you're not 
crying. crying. Just be angry. Yeah, about just the situation. be pissed yeah. and just be fuming. Like one of these days, yeah, one of these I'm days, bitch, I'm gonna hit you yeah, like yeah. this. But here, I'm carrying Dusty because I don't want him to fall and break his hip or something. You know, just don't cry. You steal. Yeah. That's such well, a they take him out on the stretcher. Bitch, move. What did you think? What did you think? Uh, you know, it's uh, same thing. I liked the whole uh, the whole angle of it all, and um. But I just don't like him crying. Yeah. yeah. It's it's be disgusted, be upset that you're doing crap work, you know? When a boss tells a, a retail associate to go fold the jeans again, they don't cry. They just do it disgusted. Yeah. That's well, how it you should do. be. You cry. I work. cry about everything. Yeah. But I don't want a big show crying. No. I wouldn't cry yeah, if I was seven true. foot five hundred pounds. True. Hey man, he's a sensitive guy. He's a bitch. What <laughs> Oh, let's send this audio to him. <laughs> no, don't. Paul, you're a great guy. I love your basketball career at Wichita State. <laughs> so we're going to come back from a break here. We're going to finish up this Raw Talk. And uh, that'll round out the first hour of the Spanish Announce Table on the Trending Topics Network. I'm sick of all these people talking out there. 1025 The Fan, the biggest name in KC Sports Radio, Jim Rome. Give it a shot. You want something radical? Try that. Jim Rome is Sports Radio. Weekdays 11 till 2 on FM Sports Radio 1025 The Fan. Best wrestling theme songs ever. And originally, it was a pay-per-view theme song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's my question: When do you think he comes back? Because he was there the first week, holding arms with all of them, you know, and standing over uh, uh, Daniel Bryan. But then he kind of disappeared. So when he comes back, will he come back as a "Yeah, we're doing great things," or "Hey, you've gone too far"? I think I think you'll see that you know slowly. I think they're going to let it roll for a little bit. It's going over so well. It's going over need to great. Be in the mix he right doesn't, now. really. But once it starts to just, I mean, like, there's going to be a line eventually mm-hmm. that maybe he thinks, not necessarily like you're treating these people wrongly, but you're over, you're stepping on my toes now. Yeah, and I think that's where the, the friction will be. I don't think it'll be, hey, guys, you're really treating Daniel bad or you're really treating Dolph bad. No, he doesn't like, care at all. Hey, man, because of your actions, we lost you know, $30,000 in merchandise sales because no one's buying the Daniel Bryan t-shirts or whatever, you know. And that's not what's best. And that's not what's best. For business. <clears throat> Back to Raw. Yep, we left off with uh, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, if you will. Which, side note, yeah. did you see his forehead? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. I oh, mean. Poor Dusty. Jesus. His forehead a theme better, Dave. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Oh, man. Oh. It was. Yeah, that Steve Austin podcast. We were talking about this off air when he was interviewing Jay Moore, and they were doing their uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dusty Rhodes impersonations. Yeah. I think it was Jay Moore. He's even like, I got Sapphire in the front seat with me. <laughs> 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 old Sapphire. Sapphire. Yeah, 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 old Sapphire. Oh, man, just great. So we get a Divas match. That's what happened. Yeah. And then we go to Damian Sandow. <laughs> well, if anybody's interested, it was Brie, Naomi, and Cameron versus Oksana, Layla, and Alicia Fox. They did have AJ and Natalia on commentary. This was to set up more of their feud, I think, because 
Brie ends up pinning Oksana after a big melee, and what we end with is AJ and Natalia staring each other down. So I think that's where we're going, which I wouldn't mind. A little Natalia-AJ feud seems like it could be good. Yeah, here's the thing with Natalia. The only thing where I think she misses the boat is, for example, when she had the um, double sharpshooter at Night of Champions, she was smiling. Like, she mm-hmm. was looking at the crowd. This is a great moment, right? No, girl, you have someone hurt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, inflict pain. Yeah. And then the first thing you saw with her in this match, and it wasn't her real fault because she didn't know, but they show everyone at the at the booth, and she's looking over saying, I can't hear in my headphones. Mm, right, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Ah, we just saw you acknowledge a producer. Yeah. And I, and for the kids, they're, they're never going to catch that. Yeah, yeah. The 12-year-old girls who think this is an amazing storyline, they're not going to catch that. Yeah. But for the adults, yeah, yeah, we you, do just, catch it, you yeah. just made me, my, my suspension and belief just got snapped because now I'm back into reality because now I realize you're an actor and you can't hear in your headphones. Stop that. You know what was cool for me was mm-hmm. on Total Divas, mm-hmm. seeing Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I was like, that's Jim the Anvil Nightheart. And he had his collar popped. Yeah. I I, was he's cool. got the beard. He's still got the beard. I, I was marking out. My wife was like, what? I was like, it's Jim Nightheart. And she yeah. was like, what? And I was like, this is like one of the first wrestlers I ever saw even. Right, you know? yeah, I was yeah. like, the Heart Foundation. And I'm always stroking that beard mm-hmm. and being like, ha, 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 like going crazy. And Jim he looked Nightheart. great at the wedding. Yeah, I mean, he's a little bigger, he's which bigger, is expected. I mean, yeah, what do you do? You know, but, but yeah, man, he still Jim looks Nighthart. in great, great oh. shape. But yeah, anyhow, yeah, Diva so. match. She's good, but she just needs to tighten up the. I'm always in character. I'm always in character. I'm always in character. Yeah, she kind of she kind of loses that from time to time, and that's why she probably hasn't been given the ball as a, a diva champion. That's true. that's true. Yeah. Well, then we get Damian Sandow versus Rob Van Dam non-title match. Mm-hmm. Another typical Rob Van Dam match, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's what they want. Yeah, and you know, he, he early in his career, he always said he didn't want to have the same match twice. And hey, that's a great goal to have. I like that a lot. Yeah, well, you've done it now. But you're you've 40. Well, he's 43 now too. So credit to him to even be able to go with a guy like Damian, who's probably half his age, you know, and, yeah. and ascending up to the top. So more so, this is probably good for Damian because now he's getting to learn the psychology of yeah. a match. You know what this. Screen to me was test run to see if they could make this the next exactly. Big feud. That's yeah. what yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. Uh, Rob Van Dam hits his uh, five star frog splash for the pin. Yeah, Rob Van Dam. And my favorite part of the match was actually after it when Rob Van Dam celebrates, leaves, and then Damien gets back on the mic and he goes, "And still, your money on the bank holder, Damien Sandow." You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I like, love this. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. You jerk. Yeah. Like, you know, so. Oh, good stuff. Well, we get Triple H. He's in the back with Scart. Ar- Scart. Mm-hmm. Scart. We're just going to call him Scart. That's not his name. Scart Strong. Um, Scott Armstrong. And he's telling him that referees need to have integrity in this business. And uh, he tells him, hey, you know, don't worry. I'm sure you're going to be taken care of with a nice severance package, mm-hmm. which kind of confuses Armstrong. And he informs him, no, we got to let you go. Yeah, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Uh, We're only keeping one Armstrong brother on the payroll. <laughs> yeah, we can't have him. And that's either. Road Dog. Road Dog. The BG. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when they came back as Voodoo Ken Mafia? Yes. Well, that was TNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. VKM. Uh-huh. Vince Kennedy McMahon. Uh-huh. It was terrible. Yep. Voodoo Ken Mafia. Yeah, he w- and then they and they tried to recreate the invasion angle WWE did with WCW right. with TNA going to the WWE event and they're like at catering and yeah, no one yeah, cared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Swing and a miss. Randy Orton versus The Miz. Miz's parents are at ringside. Uh, he's attacked from behind while talking to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good heat magnet there. Yeah, this was really good for Randy Orton to get back into the, I'm going to do everything and anything to beat you yeah, up. Angry about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, he injures him. Yeah, yep, it, yeah. Does the chair on the yes, neck, which yes. maybe is, what does that say for Miz? I wonder what happens to him. Yeah, I don't is, know. Are they writing him off? I don't know. Well, this was to set up something later, specifically the, the chair thing, but... Yeah, does it have a dual purpose with the Miz being off right. of them? And you know, one thing that I kept thinking about after they did this is he's been kind of hit and miss with doing commentary, doing wrestling, doing commentary, doing appearances. I'm a host. What are they? I'd like to know what they're doing backstage you know with him. What they do with him a lot is public appearances, right? And hosting SummerSlam. Yeah. It's like. You know, now he's hurt. I think. I think yeah. that's what they're going with. So it, he is a media ambassador for them. Like recently, he was just in Brazil mm-hmm. promoting an upcoming event that they're going to have there. So I, so think I they wonder ship maybe, him around the country. Yeah, for this maybe stuff. they're just writing him off to do all these appearances and then come back. And you know, I don't yeah. know. I just find it weird that they kind of pseudo use him as a wrestler and then pseudo use him as a commentator. It's just yeah. they just use him back well, and forth. They're both counted out from brawling outside mm-hmm. and so what Orton did was he sets up Miz's head on a chair and does a high knee drop well puts the chair around his head right I mean like mm-hmm. it's yeah so and then he high knee drops yes. crushing his head mm-hmm. I'm crushing your head you know with the, the <laughs> yeah. fingers yes. looking at something yeah so for those with the enhanced radio can see that I am in fact crushing T-Max head so we move on we get Paul Heyman and Ryback they come out and Heyman's in a wheelchair I love this. This yeah. was, you know, Ryback saved my yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> he's gloating. He's saying to he's forever. He's got a win over CM Punk yeah, in the yeah, record yeah. books. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, what did you expect? I mean, and then the kiss—he kissed him on the cheek, and then yeah. and then like gazed at him as Ryback <laughs> pushed him back to the back. I thought that was creepy, yeah. but it was cool. Well, yeah. So I mean, Heyman—he uh, said he'd love to say this was all part of a grand plan, but it wasn't. Ryback did it without his knowledge, and Ryback says he doesn't like bullies. CM Punk was bullying Heyman, so he doesn't like CM Punk. Right. So, yeah, this is obviously where this feud's going to go now. And then he's always protected as long as Ryback's next to him. The thing that I found interesting is uh, Curtis Axel. Well, yeah, uh, Curtis Axel, uh, I got to wonder if maybe Heyman's going to have some retaliation because Axel lost. He he tapped out. He gave up. Yeah. It wasn't pinned. Yeah, you gave up on me. You gave up. Right. Yeah, you couldn't handle it. Yeah. Well, after that, we get the Real Americans versus Tons of Funk versus the Usos in a triple threat tag team titles number one contender match. Mm-hmm. That was a good match. I mean, yeah, and you know Cesaro is amazing. Beast. Yeah, I that think- that like leapfrog double stomp to the chest thing is yeah. just impressive. I think his best character would be. Similar to the Kurt Angle wrestling machine, where Kurt Angle was an Olympic wrestler, and I get that, and the chain wrestling was unparalleled, but the I'm the best wrestler here. Yeah. And Tony Cesaro could get some traction with just saying, I'm the best wrestler here. Check the things out I can do. The the big spinning, uh, yeah, the, you know. Yeah, the uppercuts. Yeah. And, and at times, the commentators have called him, the pound for pound, the strongest man which, in uh, WWE, which has to be true. Him or Cena. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, God bless America. Yeah. I, you know? Yeah, they're doing... It's just... I wish they'd give him a push. 
Yeah. Get him away from this real Americans. First off, another guy I'd like to get rid of is Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger, yeah. He can't. He's got the lift. The people. He's got the lift that's not cool like Death Day Roads. Right, yeah, yeah. It's no, just yeah. It's bad. He's, I'd, we, I'd like to people. get rid of him, uh, but still keep Zeb Coulter somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Usos get the pin after their frog splash that they're doing. So Usos number one contenders. And then they kind of break it down like Rikishi did after the match. They yeah, did the they, little uh, dance a la Rikishi, their father, yeah, which yeah, I liked. Yeah, which is cool. So now we get the main event of the evening: Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. And here is my biggest pet peeve, maybe of the year, maybe of pro wrestling all time. Oh. That's how strong I felt about this. Okay. During the match, which Roman Reigns, I believe this is the first time he got his one-on-one with Daniel Bryan. It, you know, D- Daniel Bryan's done Dean Ambrose. He's done Seth Rollins in a one-on-one competition. Done Dallas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's had all these one-on-ones <laughs> with uh, the Shield members. Roman Reigns, this is his first time. And... They had the audacity during the match to show you yeah. the pins. Yeah. You're taking away the actual match yeah. to show me a double shot of the pin. Yeah. Look, I I'm a little older. But I still understand how young kids can do two things at once. Right. You know, be on Twitter and watch the TV show, Facebook, and you yeah, know, yeah, do yeah, a Snapchat, yeah. all yeah. that stuff. But if I want to watch a wrestling match, I don't also want to watch you telling me of something that happened last night. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch yeah. that wrestling match. I don't match. want to watch two wrestling matches. Right. At the same time. Yes. And, you know, I was talking it's to- It's different right before. Right. And I was talking to my roommate about this, uh, Sharkbait. Who fights on the Ultimate Fighter? Watch it Wednesday nights. Yep. Anthony uh, Sharkbait. Yeah, on uh, FS1 or FSN1. Anyhow, you know they do the double features of like a big moment during the match. Well, they'll do the double feature, but that's the match that we're watching. Yeah, exactly. you know the yeah, dive yeah. outside. I right. want to see that again. Okay, cool. That's kind of like a football play when right. you see the replay. Yeah, but do- you've never seen the Giants play the Jets and then they go. Hey, while that play's going on, here's the Chiefs versus the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it just doesn't no, make sense. It doesn't yeah. make sense. They do like a commercial break and show you that. They don't do it at the same time. So it was so irritating for Roman Reigns to get disrespected and not shown his whole match. Well, I Yeah, I don't know why. They do some weird things. Very good match though. Yeah. No, it, it is. And Daniel Bryan uh, ends up slapping a yes lock on and uh Randy Orton's gotta come out and uh, And it was it really safe. cool for when he did Daniel Bryan did his signature dive out to the uh, outside, Roman Reigns caught him and yeah, then threw yeah. him into the ring. I thought that right. was really cool. Yeah. Well, so uh the uh, Orton's actions disqualifies Reigns, so mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan wins this uh, but the shield join in, they set up Daniel Bryan with his head in the chair, like Orton had admitted yes. there. And Orton's about to do, you know, the knee drop again. And before he can do that, a bunch of superstars come pouring out of the locker room. I I, I remember Usos, primetime players, Usos, Kofi. primetime players, Kofi, Dolph, RVD. Truth. Truth. Yeah. I, I thought it was weird for – I don't know if it was weird, but I, I found it cool 
that RVD and Dolph would be out there. They seem bigger yeah, yeah, than this, that, yeah, yeah. but it showed... Dolph's kind of involved in this story. Right, though. but it showed that the whole locker room yeah. was behind Daniel Bryan. So right. I like that. So the superstars run off the shield, and they hold up Daniel Bryan for a bunch of yes And chance. they did the yes. Yeah, and everyone did it. Right? Yeah. You know, RVD, uh, Dolph Ziggler. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. So that's Raw? Yeah. Got to see Daniel Bryan get the upper hand once, which was good. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't your standard. Let's beat him down. Although Kofi got the spear. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Kofi. Classic Kofi. Yep. Well, we're going to come back. We're going to talk some impact. We would normally talk SmackDown, but it was a go-home show before pay-per-view. Yeah, nothing really don't. happened of su- substance. Yeah, so. And we got a big show. We still got that interview. We do have the interview with, coming up. Uh, Justin Appleberry. Justin Appleberry or Michael Strider, if you if you will. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh God, I'm looking forward to that interview. It's going to be a good be one. Fun, yeah. But that's all when we return on the Trending Topics Network, trendingtopicsnetwork.com, that is, for the Spanish Announce Table with T-Mac and Captain Awesome. What's up, people? Mr. Old School, Alter Ego to the Mountie, here to let you know about a new podcast that I've been working on called Old School at the Movies. We talk all about the latest news and rumors, we review stats, we've got our own movie review of the week, predictions, contests, all that good stuff. Check us out at oldschoolmovies.net. Old School at the Movies, your one-stop shop for all your movie-related news. Hour two of the Spanish announce table episode nine. This one is, I think, yeah, nine. Is that sound right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. Uh, big, big hour coming up. We have the interview. Interview with Justin Appleberry, Michael Strider, Kansas City wrestling legend. Yes. This yes. And man, you know, uh, he's one of those guys where he never made. The big show, right. as far as getting a big push from WWE or anything like that, but he wrestled everyone. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, he has some amazing stories to tell us. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that one. But first, we've got to get through the real exciting stuff. The 14th best show on television today: Impact Pro Wrestling, Wrestling. Yeah. TNA. Hell, I could do that. <laughs> that is the yeah. motto. Hell, yeah. I could do that. Hell, I could do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we get no surrender. Yeah, a pay per view on TV. Come out of St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, a great wrestling town. Yeah. Uh, well, so we get Bully Ray. He comes out and he's willing to make amends with Anderson. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he blames Hogan for everything that's gone wrong. What a shock. 
You know, what a shock in, in just wrestling today. Everyone blames Hogan for <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah. Well, Hogan comes out, gives him a bunch of crap, and uh, he's, you know talks about his match with Anderson, who comes out and snubs the Hogan handshake. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bully tells him he's doing the right thing. I know you're not going to you know let the club down and everything. And Anderson decks him, basically, you know, mm-hmm. fights him. Uh, Hulk wishes them well later in their last man standing match. So it makes that a little more interesting. Yeah, yeah it gives a little, nice little wrinkle, you know, a little... Yeah, for him to even give any of the aces and eights any type of praise or good luck or anything like that makes you go, oh. It sounds bass-ackwards to say this, but it seems like it would be hard to screw up a last-man-standing match. Yeah. To pull it off quickly, like, you've got to go through so much right. spots and brutality that, like, hey, the match is going to be all right. Even if there's some dead spots, yeah. there's going to be some high spots. Yeah. Some oh-my-God moments. Right. So we get the first Bound for Glory Series semifinal with Austin Aries versus AJ Styles. This match kind of, I noticed kind of some botches and some slowness to it, and it kind of seemed and like they weren't really the working well together. second time. Remember, yeah. they, they botched the finish where they yeah. had to do the, yeah. uh, the They've hand. wrestled plenty of times before, right? Yeah. I mean, through yeah. ROH and all that? I mean, like, don't, haven't they? Maybe haven't maybe it's just gone. Yeah, maybe you know? the styles don't maybe, work well together. Yeah, know, AJ's it, moving to a different size style. maybe has, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It just kind of, it felt a little off. But right. the big spot was AJ hits Aries with a styles clash from the middle rope. Which yeah. Kind of dangerous. For very, one, very, and it looked good, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so we get AJ Styles wins via pinfall. He's moving on in the Bound for Glory series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. After that, we get the second semifinal: Bobby Roode versus Magnus. And uh, I mean, match you'd expect, you know, nothing overwhelming. I don't think. Yeah, you know, they you know. didn't go all out in these two matches when I thought they had the opportunity to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get a five star out yeah. of one of them, and they kind of played it safe on both matches. Yeah. Well, and then we get, I mean, Rude goes for a fisherman suplex, but Magnus counters it into a bridge pin, and Magnus wins. Why wouldn't you set up your final matches, Austin Aries versus AJ Styles, or even Bobby Rude? Like, why would you got Magnus and AJ Styles in the finals now? I think they were trying to go for the, well, who do you think will win? It's babyface versus babyface. That always can be a little intriguing, even if you're doing it as a, throwaway match if you just put two top baby faces together you know it kind of splits the crowd and hopefully will get them more energized and more energetic not just oh well the bad guy's gonna lose we know the bad guy's gonna lose you know so i understand that aspect of it but kind of your point you know bobby rude would have gave i would think a better match than magnus which hey maybe they're showing good faith with magnus maybe this Mm -hmm. um because if you notice uh, main event mafia didn't run out or do anything. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Nothing happened there. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they're getting away from that and trying to give this push to Magnus. So well, I wasn't opposed to it. Well, we move on. We get a Hogan in the back. He's talking to Manic, telling him, you know, how he reminds you remind me of me when you put that mask on. Hulk up and yeah, I, I hate that, but it was cool to see the X Division champ talking to the boss saying yeah. you're doing good things and then Manic calls out Jeff Hardy he says I want Jeff Hardy which I think they're going to get next week right which right? that's cool should be a good match yeah there. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah I mean hopefully we also thought that uh, AJ and yeah. Austin would be good but it wasn't well, what Great. we do get is we get Dixie Carter coming back talking to Hogan and uh, tells him that the Bellator lawyers have pulled Tito and Rampage out said they didn't like the way things were progressing down there and have them off and Hogan's kind of like, well, I don't care. I was tired of Tito's crap anyway. And well, it was good to write them off because they do have a fight coming up November second. Just felt so abrupt though. Yeah, but 
Yeah, because, well, here, this is why. One, this was probably the end date that everyone agreed upon, and TNA was hoping that they could get a couple more weeks out of it, and then they got told no, and so then they didn't prepare for it, so then they have to do this rushed last-second storyline. Because Bellator is not going to let one of these guys get injured, which they actually said on air, which I thought that was kind of cool. So they didn't let them... They're not going to let them get injured. And two, you know... As a fighter, you don't want to see your opponent every week when you know you really have to fight them in a couple weeks. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? That's true, yeah, yeah. So it was good. They did make mention, though, that, like, oh, well, we'll give them a wrestling match after their fight. And uh, I, God, hope they don't do that. I hope not. Although, here's the only interesting aspect of that uh, these guys have big egos outside of, you know, pro wrestling, like in the MMA world. Yeah, these guys yeah. have big egos. The loser, if they do a wrestling match, I will bet money will throw a real punch. You will see a real shoot wrestling yeah. match if this happens. Uh, that could be kind of fun. That yeah. is the only interesting aspect of uh, that match, potential match. Well, we get the World Heavyweight title match after this. We get Ken Anderson versus Bully Ray, last man standing. Right, which is a weird placement. We were talking about that off air. But I thought it was okay. I gave them a lot of leeway on this because it was supposed to be pay-per-view type. And I always go back to the, you know, when the Royal Rumble, or in this case, the Bound for Glory series is what we're there to watch. The world title match gets bumped up just because the main event right. is, is this, this thing. Yeah. Is this yeah. uh, gimmick match. Yeah, your main event is Magnus versus AJ Styles right. over Bully Ray and Ken Anderson. But it's so that... We get the number one contender and a finale yeah, to this yeah, year-long yeah, series. Yeah, no, I get you. Well, uh, Aces and Eights hit the ring at some point, and they act like they're going to help Anderson. They're on his side. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Bully, you're, you're taking this too far. But Brooke comes in with a low blow to Anderson and uh, Aces and Eights triple power bomb. Anderson. Mm-hmm. I wonder where they got that idea from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bully revives the knocked out ref and they continue this match and eventually Bully gets the win as Bloody Anderson can't continue after putting through a table or something like that, right? Yeah. I can't remember exactly. The best ma- part of this match was Brooke. She's always the best part of everything. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was kind of standard. It reminds me of a watered down, rushed version of when Hogan and Macho Man were in the NWO and Macho Man was this defiant, you know, member of the club right yeah <laughs> and hogan was the you know number one guy with all the power the title holder and so you had this power struggle this feels like that except for watered down not really progressed well and rushed from tna yeah i know crazy right yeah yeah, yeah. well speaking of rushed we get the bound for glory series finals and we get Magnus versus AJ Styles. Ego at one point comes in and beats them both down. Yeah, I think that's just to say they were angry about. Yeah, them. like hey, we're the bad guys, and we can you know heels. The the great thing about heels is they can always do whatever they want and just say we're heels. This is true. And wow, it bores you that much. Yeah, it's TNA man. It's <laughs> it TNA. bores you that much. It's TNA and it's AJ Styles beating Magnus. I mean, it was just you know Magnus is better and AJ Styles is good, but like. It just felt very vanilla. There wasn't any teeth to this. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, yeah, the only thing that got my attention and made me look twice was the AJ promo that he cut afterwards. Yeah. However, God, argh, I hate TNA always doing this. Ending on a promo. Ending on a promo. Yeah. Yeah, well, AJ gave the pinfall, and um, 
yeah, he, he gets on. He talks. To, he says, "I didn't get any uh, word from Dixie Carter this last week after his whole big thing." Mm-hmm. And, and he says, uh, "This is your wake up call to show up next week because I've been out here talking about your mistakes. I'm going to reveal the biggest mistake next week." So we're going to hear a, a pipe bomb from. Uh, It'll be a watered down pipe bomb. Yeah. yeah, it won't be a great one. But hey, if he can deliver, ha! It'll be a pipe firecracker. You know what? If he delivers, man, that might rejuvenate his whole career it did cm punk you know well that was impact in a nutshell man what do you think his uh his uh uh reveal will be i haven't the slightest clue i think he's gonna say the biggest mistake was hogan yeah you think so and then go full heel go full heel yeah or go rogue that'd be kind of nice or go rogue i think he might go rogue you know that cm punk defiant uh, the company sucks. You know what he was doing at Money in the Bank? Because yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. was behind him, but what he was really doing was heel tactics. So it'll be interesting. I am interested in that. Yeah. I Tina's might these, watch that. Tina's got these one little nuggets that just keep me hanging on. Yep. Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I'll see where this goes. Like the Chris Sabin thing with uh, What's Her Ass in the, back, yeah, uh-huh. in the backstage. Velvet. Yeah, What's Her Ass. <laughs> what's Her Ass? It's fucking amazing <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> So we're gonna come back. We're gonna have the interview. Just just got a text from the limo driver. The the girls he kicked them out at the last curb. The stretch limo. So you know all the girls are out of the limo now that we got for for uh, for Justin. <laughs> and uh, the champagne's almost gone. So you know we treat them right here, man. Yeah, this is all. This is how we do around here. But prepare yourself for a great interview when it we come back. A, it's gonna be a good yeah. one. From the, when we come back to the Spanish announce table on the Trending Topics Network. When you get up, get up to date. Tiki Barber, Brandon Tierney, and Dana Jacobson. Dayton Moore, GM of the Kansas City Royals. This could be the Royals team that brings you back, I think. We feel like we're much improved, but uh, the division's much improved as well. It'll be an exciting year. Mornings 5 to 8, FM Sports Radio, 1025 The Fan. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Back on the Spanish announce table, I'm a huge Shane McMahon mark. I, I am what, too. Yeah, I took know. the best bumps of any oh, McMahon. Man. I mean, Vince did a lot of like deep blade jobs where he'd just be gushing blood, but Shane McMahon would jump oh, off man. the Titantron. You know, he'd take Kurt Angle's uh, belly to belly and almost broke his neck. You know, yeah, I mean, if, he just did the craziest things. If for whatever reason he's ever shows up on my TV again, I'm gonna go straight into little kid mark out yeah, mode. Yeah, he did have soda. did have the most uncoordinated dorkiest run of yeah. all time, but was a very very good uh, wrestler in the terms of he just gave it all 100. percent There was no holding back because hey, I make a lot of money. This kind right, of stuff. Yeah, was, I'm going 100 percent just thing. like the other wrestlers. So yeah, no, but we have we have our in studio guests. We've been telling you about him all night. He's here. He's sitting down with us. We uh. We flew him in. Yeah, we, we you know we got him a limo because mm-hmm. that's how we do things. Ric Flair here. style. Yeah, you know we uh we we're gonna give him a watch when he when he right. leaves. He mm-hmm. doesn't know that yet. So, There's a robe waiting for you. Yeah, you know we're you. we're nice. No, but we have Justin Appleberry, Kansas City wrestling legend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we Justin, I don't know if you know about this. We have a kind of an international listenership, so some people aren't gonna know you. So sure. this will be their first introduction, and maybe they'll YouTube some videos and. 
Absolutely. Get some more fans. Yeah. Man, get some great, more, great. Yeah, get some more Facebook likes or something right. like that. Yeah. yeah. No, so um you uh, Yeah, so first off, you know, for the people who don't know you and the indie wrestling scene is so, scene is so kind of folklore legend. How do you, how does someone get into the indie wrestling scene? How did you start in pro wrestling in Kansas City? Sure, sure. Well, uh, I wrestled. Uh, I just retired last June. I wrestled uh, 15 years as Michael Strider. Mm-hmm. Justin Appleberry is you know, just a regular name, Michael right, Strider. Yeah, yeah, where yeah, if they want to do any YouTube or anything like that, that's where they'd be able to find me. Um, Basically, I graduated from college, graduated from Missouri Southern State University, and uh, moved up to Kansas City for work and just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I know I just didn't want to do a nine-to-five type job at that point, didn't want to grow up. And uh, me and my brothers uh, were lifetime wrestling fans. Grew up, I have three brothers, uh, and we grew up, you know, watching it with dad and wrestling, all that stuff. And we both wrestled amateur, you know, in high school and stuff. And yeah, it was fun, but it was never kind of the same as that... Um, pro wrestling and, st- and we just we never outgrew it we never outgrew it and to me being a pro wrestler was like being an astronaut at the time i would right. i had no idea what yeah. a person would do to get into that that was pre-internet days you know mm-hmm. so it was a little harder to kind of research even in your own city where to find stuff and i had a buddy who was uh uh visiting in-laws in st joe missouri and heard a uh advertisement for an indie wrestling show at the st joe civic arena he wrote down the number because he knew i'd be interested in going and I called up the box office and said, what can I do to, to join this thing? How can I get the business? And she said, I don't know, but the, prom- the promoter's right there. Right. Met with the promoter, uh, and then they uh, – it, it turned out to be just the most crooked human being you've ever met in your life. <laughs> really, in oh. pro wrestling. So you don't say. A, a, a live-fighting promotion. Yeah. yeah. Or, you a, know, promoter a promoter being a little crooked? No uh, way. Yeah. Never it, heard of it. It, it was, was shifty? It was my first experience in pro wrestling, and it was my worst experience in pro wrestling, oh. too. Really? Uh, he was, you know, his, and this is a story I tell all the time, so anybody who is listening to this, and it's sort of the same story I tell all the time, so right. please bear with me. His his wrestling school, in quotation marks, was in the back of a snake shop in uh-huh. downtown, like a snake uh, shop, uh, like a pet shop that's right. just snakes. Wow. And it was literally maybe a 12 by 12 wooden deck uh-huh. with old saggy ropes that you couldn't even hit or anything <laughs> like that. And literally nobody in there knew how to actual wrestle, not psychology or little details or it was stuff. Just nobody nobody knew how to bump. Really? Yeah, nobody knew how to bump. Uh-huh. Nobody knew how to run the ropes. Nobody knew how to put on a proper headlock, which direction to go with it and stuff like that. Uh, but I didn't give a shit. I mean, I was in pro wrestling. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. yeah so I'm like, fuck it. I'm well, in pro wrestling. So, Let, let's get something going here. Right. So were you able ever to get a snake in a bag and bring it out like Jake Roberts? God, were you ever yeah. able to? <laughs> you know what's weird is, though, man, they'd have those snake cases there, and you'd be, like, trying to hit the rope in the corner, and the snake would hit the glass because <laughs> you'd be scared. Wow. snake match. You know, yeah. you just want and, snakes around the ring. You know, and, and I was pretty eager, and I was pretty athletic, especially compared to those guys. Right. Um, and uh, so, and I paid him a nice chunk of money because, right. I, you know, that's what you had to do. Uh, and, and he took full advantage of of an eager guy with no idea what he was doing. And I, he put me – I started in – it had been September. I started training with him, once again, in quotations. And in November, I had my first wrestling match in Troy, Kansas, in front of 17 people in the main event of all damn things. Really? Well, that's, how, that's how shitty this company was. Yeah, yeah. And then in uh, January, I had the other main event, and it was in a uh, – it was in the armory in St. Joe, and it was a nice big crowd, and I got my AC or ACL torn by one of the other wrestlers, just an inexperienced kid, mm-hmm. nice kid. He just he went up for a spine buster and didn't know what he was doing and just wrapped me up and tore my ACL and was out for six months, and my career was pretty much almost done before it got started. Yeah. 
So uh, going into that first match, you're the main event. It was in front of 17 people, like yeah. you said. But how did you feel going into your first, like you said, growing up, being a pro wrestler was being an astronaut. So going into your first match, what were the feelings like? And did you feel prepared? Because, you know, the guy wasn't really giving you great. Shit, no, I didn't feel prepared. But I felt <laughs> it, to me, it was Madison Square Garden. Jim Ross was calling it. Right. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, my God, this is so mm-hmm. cool. This is so exciting. And... uh yeah, yeah. So that the experience of that that was a lot of fun. But then I I kind of realized pretty early that um, this was not a, a good place to learn pro wrestling. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I read the I read Meltzer and all those guys, mm-hmm. and I kind of you could kind of tell, uh, you know, Shysters when you know because he he wrestled. He was a, a very he was a jobber back in the old Central Stage states as uh, one of the assassins. But they do assassin gimmicks everywhere. Right, yeah, you know? yeah. But he said uh, he was, uh, you know, Jody Hamilton, who's one of the masked assassins originally, uh, who did the famous angles with Lawler and, and Kaufman mm-hmm. and those guys yeah. down there, uh, is from St. Joe as well. He said that he was the other assassin that was in all those great angles oh, and all that stuff, too. Turns so, out not to be your true. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So then I kind of figured that out, and then I was rehabbing, and I found another school in St. Joe, oddly enough, uh, with a, a, just a great guy named Steve Ward who uh, ran uh, Central States Wrestling uh, right. and, and did some boxing with Dog Pound Promotions. Mm-hmm. And you probably you probably yeah, run into Steve. You yeah, know, he's yeah. good friends with Joe Kelly mm-hmm. and all yep. those. Uh, and he uh, he had a good, great crew of guys, and he was a great promoter. And uh, so, you know, uh, Sonny Myers, an old Central States guy, was at Lord Lilbrook. Remember the midgets and mm-hmm. Little yep, yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys would be training you and stuff. And then... Steve, and then so I, I got in with those guys and learned learned pro wrestling, and then I'd go down for shots with Harley and uh, learned a lot from that guy. Um, well, what did you learn from Harley Race? That's yeah, that one seems, guy. That's something you don't glance over. Like, yeah, I learned a few things from Harley Race, yeah. but then you know the real important stuff. Right, is, yeah. Yeah, no, Harley yeah, Race. I, I want to I mean, hear this. Yeah. Tell me about. You know, everyone knows him as being the pro wrestler king, Harley Race yeah, in WrestleMania yeah. three, all of his great matches with Ric Flair, things like that. But how was he as a as a trainer? You know, the day in day out kind of running the ship. I never I never trained in Harley school or anything, but he would book me for shots. Oh, okay. and, and honestly, wrestling school is real good for learning the techniques and move and all that, but t- pro wrestling a lot of times is just on the job experience, learning the psychology, right. learning the timing, learning, you know, all of that stuff. And then talking to those old veterans, talking to yeah. the other guys and, and just watching tape and stuff like that. Pretty much learning the bump, headlocks, coming up with your moves and stuff like that and learning all that timing is one thing, but any credible wrestling school could do that, but it's it's being around Harley Race and, and hearing yeah. him after you have a match and you think it's five stars and you come to the back and it's not, but he doesn't you know, he doesn't break you down. He's like, you know, he's got that Harley voice and he says, huh. kid Come on over here and let's uh, let's talk about. And he's smoking cigarettes and he's drinking beers and he's probably banging two chicks before he came <laughs> yeah. over. As a seventy year old man, yeah, you, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, calls and, that Tuesday. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Uh, and you know, he just just this just he taught you when you know why throw ten punches like a madman when you could wait and wait and throw one and get a bigger pop for it. Mm-hmm. And just that timing and the psychology and stuff. And real early, I only got to do a couple shots with Harley, and it took me a really long time to get back into into uh, into a full time run with him. But uh, of all the promoters I've worked with, and, and I've worked with a lot of really really good ones throughout the uh, Midwest. I was more of a regional talent for any of the uh, people outside of the more Midwest Central states. I did some in Texas and Florida and stuff. Went down with Dory Funk for a while. Yeah, um, I saw that online. Yeah, uh, we'll have to get into that. Doris, right? no, man, that was that was the best part about being a pro wrestler. Uh, other than just the adrenaline, was just 
man, talking to those old guys, because I was a huge fan before I was, and I'm sitting there one night, and I'm in a hotel bar just toward the end of, you know, well, I was cooking real hard, um, and I'm sitting there with Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, and uh, Larry the Axe Henning and Harley Race, and uh, we're sitting there drinking beer, and I'm just, you just shut up and listen. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, you're, yeah. you know, oh, it's so much fun. That's wow. amazing. Yeah. That'd be a hell of a time. I can only imagine. Yeah. Just kicking it back some yeah, beers yeah. with the greatest of all well, time. Well, you know, that's, that's a funny story. On that night, we were at the uh, the Wrestling Hall of Fame way up there in Iowa. Uh, where the, gosh dang, it's way up there. Is it Bettendorf? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, some Bettendorf? way, way, way up there. And we yeah. were doing it. They would always book Harley's guys to do a show up there, and, and um, uh, Brett and... Uh, uh, Hot Rod were the special guest and mm-hmm. stuff, and uh, so we were at the bar afterwards. And um, I sit down, and BJ, who's passed away, was Harley's wife for all those years. She was always kind of the mother hen, taking care of everybody. So this is the first time I've re- I really got a good sit down one on one time with Harley and all these guys. And so you know, Harley race drinking stories are famous around oh, yeah. pro wrestlers and stuff. So I sit there and I sit down beside him. I said, "Well, old man," I said, "Tonight you've met your match. I'm drinking you other to the table." And BJ comes running over with arms flailing, go, no, no. She goes, I can't tell you how many guys I've heard say that about Harley. And Harley's just got this big old grin on yeah, his face. Yeah. Like, all yeah. right, here we go. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, I did not drink him under the table. Yeah, he, uh, he, oh, yeah, it, was, it was a long night for old Mikey Strider. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Harley's one of those guys, they drink beer during the day. And then at night, they bring up the whiskey because that's when it's time to have a drink. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's when it's really yeah. time to drink. So describe you know, your pro wrestling style at this point in your career. You said you were really athletic. Were you more of the high flyer, you know, drop kicks going off the turnbuckles, or were you like a grinder and you, know, you had the, the chain wrestling? Yeah. I, I was a heavyweight, naturally. You know, I, I came in about 210 pounds, uh, and that was kind of thin for my build and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then just from training and working out and all that stuff that you'd want to do, uh, I was, you know, legitimately in good shape. Two twenty five. And how you know, tall are you? Six two. Six two. So a big heavyweight, but I could move pretty well, and I could I could bump and and work with with smaller guys, mm-hmm. which which was kind of fun. You know, I could throw them around and stuff. But when it came time, because mainly, especially on the indie scene, earlier on in my career, I was mainly a heel, bigger guy. Right. You know, easy yeah, to be yeah. a heel, little guy bumping for you and stuff. But when it came time to shine him up, you know, you just I was able to give them some nice spots and everything. So, but I came in around I, my rookie was ninety seven, and that was during the big ECW yeah. and stuff like this. All you want to do is take table bumps and chair shots and slammed on thumbtacks. And I don't know, you know if that's all you want to do, but I understand. Oh, yeah, what you, you know, mean. you wanted to be. You're just like, oh, this is you know that Maybe was just the rage. All you wanted to do. That's you know you saw Cactus Jag doing that right. and all those guys. Just like, oh my god, I just you know that's yeah. so I hardcore style very early mm-hmm. uh, was was my forte and I've always been a brawler mm-hmm. uh, you know I always liked the emotion that, that is portrayed in a well done brawl yeah I do too though I notice I, I tend to like the brawlers when they yeah. really get into it because it, it gives a really realistic feel to the match yeah, yeah. 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 I and mean, so how did you come up with the name of Michael Strider how did that come about was it your idea promoter I mean where did that come yeah, from yeah I was I wrestled as Michael Strider my whole 15 years wow. uh, which was which is really good I came up with it because Justin Appleberry is just not a very intimidating you know wrestling name right, right. so yeah, yeah. but Michael's my middle name and Strider actually was a character in Lord of the Rings uh, and I read that when I was a little kid and I actually had that name when I was like 12 years old uh-huh. nice. Strider was the guy Aragorn who became the, the king and stuff when he was the dark little rangy guy at the end and I thought that was a badass name <laughs> it is so I was like God, I'm gonna be Michael Strider that's gonna be good and uh, I always wanted to be I didn't want to be 
but like a one named, not realistic, like Sting or right. the Ultimate Warrior or something yeah. like that. You know, which was which is okay. Those things get over the Undertaker or something like that. I wanted to be like a real sort of right. person. Well, in '97 too, yeah. like your rookie year, that was kind of the way the industry was going. Yeah. You know, you had Mikey Whiprack, yeah. you had you know uh, Tommy Dreamer, guys that had real names. Well, you Scott know Hall and Kevin Nash started using their yeah, real yeah, names. Yeah, yeah, exactly so. right. It was kind of coming toward that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of come full circle there with that. Uh, so I was I was that way for a long time, and uh, I, you know I had I, I had a, a pretty decent look. I just have regular brown hair and stuff like that. And then I went into a series with uh, Raven of all people, um, and we have a real love hate relationship. Me and Raven do, but I almost got in a fist fight first time I ever met him. Really? Uh, yeah. But now this uh, is like off this is, camera. This is oh like, yeah yeah oh, okay, backstage. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Raven is one of the smartest minds and pro wrestling you'll ever meet but he's just a real quirky guy he likes to push buttons and, right. and he pushed mine and uh-huh. he, he probably thought it was funny but i was mad <laughs> you know and uh but he gave me great advice and uh he said you know you, you look you don't have an outstanding look and stuff so he encouraged me to kind of change my wardrobe around a little bit and, and bleach my hair blonde which was a, a big calling card for my character yeah. for michael strider for you know most of my career and stuff yeah. so yeah. and what was your finisher at this time you know early on in your career uh, you know, you you said the hardcore style, the brawler style. What was the finisher that you usually would end the match with? That's that's a that's a another funny story. And this is going to sound like one of those blown out of proportion. Get myself over two big wrestling stories. Okay, but I I, I had a move that was later called the roll of the dice. It's kind of like a neck breaker reverse type thing. Uh, and I would use that, and I was using that down at Dory Funk's camp. A lot of those Dory Funk camps, you'd go down there, and he'd uh, you know you go their week long camps, and you'd have talent scouts from time. From the time you'd have uh, WCW, um, um, Vince would send guys down, guys from Japan, uh, Puerto Rico would send guys down, to this, and they would you know look at you at the end of the end of the show or end of the week. They'd have uh, a big show, and then you'd do it. And I was lucky enough to be on the main event. I was there with uh, Gene Snitsky. I don't know if you remember uh-huh. him, the real yeah, big yeah. guy. Gene yeah. was it's there. Not my fault. Not my yeah, fault. <laughs> uh, a guy named Court Bauer who uh, who went on to be a pretty big promoter. And he was a he was a writer for WWE at one point. He booked. Uh, he was Major League MLW at one time, which it was almost like a Ring of Honor type thing. But it went right. under Delirious, who was yeah. uh, he was a booker at Ring of Honor. Now he was there. Uh, so a lot of good guys I was there with. I was lucky enough to be in the main event, and at the time, the move and the way I set it up was a little different than what everybody had done, and Dory had put me, you know, he called me aside, and he said, well, kid, and Dory talks real soft, and he's like, <laughs> kid, he goes, do me a favor, don't hit that finisher uh, in the, you know, in the main event, when because uh, Johnny Ace is here, and Johnny Ace at the time was booking finishes and a lot of the promotion, or a lot of the matches for WCW, and he's like, if you if you do that move, you're going to see it on Raw or on uh, mm-hmm. Nitro on Monday. I, you know, I'm a 22 year old kid. You know, fuck you, Dory Funk. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> right, about. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You've only been world we're, champion. We're going to see you. me on yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, like some dumbass kid, you know, don't listen to Dory Funk Jr. And I hit my move, and swear to God, it was some guy. I don't. I think he may have been in Ravens Flock, and I can't remember the name of the guys. He hit that finisher that following oh, Monday man. night. Yeah, oh, so. that's terrible. But I, I continued to use it, you know, and uh, a couple other finishers. Um, but that was kind of my main one. That was your main yeah. one. Yeah, that's cool. Now, w- w- at this time, when you said one of Raven's flocks guys stole that, was this after your feud with Raven? No, I never met. Oh, Ra- I hadn't met Raven then. At, at yeah, that time, yeah, I was still gotcha. earlier. Yeah, then you could have done an invasion angle. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> taking out the flock. So let's talk about Kansas City then. I mean, a, a lot of people, especially some of our listeners, they might not know Kansas City, and maybe largely in part to Harley Race, was a pretty big area for wrestling for a long time. Oh I yeah, mean, it's it's, it's uh, there's been a lot of big names come through here. So Shawn is, Michaels uh, mm-hmm. and Scott Hall. And Scott yeah. Hall or uh, 
uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty met here right. at, at Central States. I yeah. Believe it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's funny. I have an old Central States wrestling poster that uh, Steve Ward, the old promoter, gave me when he was a kid there. And there's Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall. You can't even tell who they are yeah. Like, yeah, on, yeah. On, the, on the poster and stuff. That's, yeah. that's insane. Well, I mean, so you've been to other places. Like, how do you... How do you measure Kansas City against some of these other places maybe that wrestled at that more people would consider maybe? I mean Yeah, you know, so. man, I tell you one of my my favorite city to wrestle in other outside of Kansas City just because it's home and right. it's always best at home, man. I love wrestling in St. Louis. Yeah? God, right. man, so, I think yeah. St. Louis fans are just they were smart and they were they were they were thankful and they were just great guy. You know, a great crowd to, to wrestle in front of. I really liked St. Louis fans. Um but not to say I didn't like any a lot of the other fans, you know. Right, but of right, course, yeah, yeah. For some yeah, reason, yeah. man, I got over in St. Louis real well, and always right. and always did real well in St. Louis. In St. Louis, were you the heel or were you the babyface? Oh, you know, well, I started off as a heel for most of my career, and then just kind of naturally, the crowd turns you babyface. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there, sort of, toward the last few years, I was a babyface there as well. But uh, I always did good at merchandise. I mean, that's how I made most of my money mm-hmm. was, right. was on T-shirts and stuff like right. eight by tens. So, what's your? Uh, Who's your favorite person to work with in the ring? Who did you ever have? Like, who did you just, if you knew they're on the card with you now, you're like, all right, this is going to be good. I'm going to like. Well, a couple guys stand out. Um, um, my favorite wrestler that, that I would wrestle him in, you know, bumfuck Illinois and <laughs> Iowa and then in St. Louis and then Kansas City and Omaha. And we, no matter, we wrestled in so many small towns and we wrestled in a lot of nice, you know, nicer main, you know, in Kansas City and St. Louis and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, was uh, a guy from uh, St. Louis. His name was Dingo, uh, and he wrestled some ROH. He was he was he was the original trainer of uh, Evan Bourne. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Matt yeah. Seidel is or Matt Corkland is his name, but uh, uh, he was from St. Louis too, and uh, um, worked for a company called Gateway Championship Wrestling out of mm-hmm. St. Louis, which is really was a you know if you if you don't ever get if you're really a wrestling fan and you can find a really good quality indie in your area, go. Spend some money and watch those shows because it's a, it's you know WWF or WWE mm-hmm. is still fun to go watch. But man, if you get a good solid indie, it's a, it's like seeing a an indie rock band. It's a little smaller, yeah. intimate thing. You feel a little more connected to them. Totally and stuff. different. Feel. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely a more intimate. Yeah, and, and that was a really high class, high solid indie that had a lot of talent too. And so I loved wrestling that guy anywhere. Uh, another one was, is a local wrestler who's still active. His name's Jeremy Wyatt. Yeah. Who was just on the PWI. Yeah. I think he was, yeah, he was on there. I think he was, I can't remember the number, but he was up there, you know, respectable yeah. definitely for being an indie wrestler. That guy is a better wrestler than anybody on the indie today. And I'm including the ring of honor. I'm saying he, that guy worked circles around TNA. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is a Daniel Bryan style wrestler where he he is kind of unassuming and looking stuff like right. that but the ability to, to to structure a wrestling match and make you in, in any style of wrestling match i've wrestled them in no rope barbed wire matches oh, and man. i've wrestled them in just scientific you know 45 minute classics right yeah uh, he's, he's the most underrated professional wrestler in the world today yeah he had that great match with adam pierce yeah. for the uh for the was it the nwa heavyweight championship i think it or was it the Metro Pro? Uh, for the last Metro yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was for the Metro Pro. Metro Pro, yeah. yeah. And he had a great match. Yeah. I mean, Adam Pierce is another one of those guys. That, that, can... that was going to be my next guy, was yeah. Adam Pierce. Uh, I met Adam later in my career, uh, and later in his career, too. We, we wrestled at the first Metro Pro show me and Adam did. And it was kind of one of those things where it was the end of the night, and it was a real long night, and I've already wrestled. I wrestled a six-man with Tommy Dreamer and... Um, uh, uh, Trevor Murdoch and mm-hmm. against a couple of guys, and I'm I got busted open on that. I always like to bleed, so you <laughs> know, I, I was I was juiced up pretty good, and 
they had run, they had thrown so many matches out there, and the crowd was tired. And me and Adam were the main event for the new video belt. And I just met him an hour ago, and he's like, "Well, man, what the hell do you want to do?" And I was like, "I don't know. It seems like they've seen everything out there." Um, uh, Trevor was going to come in and screw me over for the finish for a little bit of business later, and I said, "Well, I'll be the baby face, you be the hill, and uh, here's our finish. Let's just go. I'll see you out there." And, he, and you know, he's like, oh, "That's great, man." And we went out there and tore the house down, yeah. and had a bunch of other matches too, man. And just he was just one of those guys I clicked with. You know, just clicked with, and not just me, everybody clicked with Adam. So. Now, when you're with a guy like Adam Pearson at this time, you're kind of established, like you said. Who calls that match? You know, typically I always hear when it's, say, Shawn Michaels with a guy in the mid-card, Shawn's calling that match. <laughs> or it's Stone Cold with one of the guys in the mid-card, Stone Cold's calling that match. But when you have two guys at your level that's, you know, ascending up the ranks, who gets in there and says, all right, I'm calling this? That was 50-50, yeah. uh, really. The heel usually calls a match just mm-hmm. because – but when you got two guys established like that, you both kind of do. You know, it's just it's one of those things where, you know, when the heel when, when you're in the heat, you want to make sure as a baby face that you're bumping and selling real good for the heel. Makes him look good, but it also makes your comeback look that much better. Right. And, mm-hmm. and when you're with a guy in there that knows it, you know, like if he bumps me and I go to the ropes to sell it and I put my hand out there, he knows to stomp the hand and stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is just, you know, you call a few spots here or there. Um but the rest of it, you know, if you if you're in there with a guy who really is trained and has that road experience, you don't have to call a lot. Right. You call a few high spots, and that's then you get the emotion of the crowd. What about have you ever just botched something just terrible? I mean, was there ever any moment that like, I mean, you just did something and you were kind of maybe younger in your career, but you were kind of like, what do I do now? Like at the, one of these. Oh moments. sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you always have, especially when you're younger and you don't know how to, you know. Everybody's going to mess up in a match yeah. when you're when you're younger, and maybe it's even like in in any business, you know, radio. If you if you, yeah. you slur or something like that, you get to. But once you get older on and stuff, you're like, eh, you know, yeah. I I wouldn't a high flyer per se too much or, and all that stuff. So right. I didn't have a lot of real high risk high spots. Yeah, like um, obvious spots that, that would yeah, come across yeah, wrong. There, yeah, there was a couple when I was. I used to wrestle under a mask too, just to get a double payday and get the younger. You know, they'd bring me in and I'd be the the super ninja, and, mm-hmm. uh, wrestle the green guy and kind of help him through a match, and then come back and, and work as me and stuff. And I uh, got paid twice for it, and uh, it was well, that's was, always a plus, right? Yeah, yeah. Instead of twenty five dollars, I got fifty. See if we get that going around here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, paid twice. Yeah. And then a guy was going to throw me in the turnbuckle, and I didn't know. I couldn't see anything. In those masks. It sucks wrestling under a hood. And oh, I just I fell flat on my face like halfway through, and, it was, and I was glad I was in the hood because it was embarrassing. Well, going back to kind of your your career and how how you got to the point where you know you were as the big you know main event guy here in Kansas yeah. City. You're saying how Raven kind of helped you with the hair color and stuff. Yeah. Who else kind of helped you with the matches as far as for you learning the psychology of a match, or was it just watching tape? Yeah, uh, you know, is Tracy Smothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, you know, he was he's if you, you look at the history of pro wrestling, Tracy Smothers been in every major promotion. He was like goofy FBI and ECW, yeah. and he was like serious baby faced and other things. That guy was wrestling him was like just going to wrestling college, nice. and just the it, you know I only got to wrestle him a few times, but mine you it was just a PhD and how to work and the timing and stuff and it it's always best man not to call too much right. or, or not to plan out too much mm-hmm. you know because it, it's it's vaudeville it's 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 improv definitely it's, it's improv so 
you know, you got to go out there and, and, and do this and that and the other and stuff. And to me, that's the stuff that I always liked. And Tracy was like that, too. He didn't even know what the – we'd go out there and he's like, hell, I don't know. What, and you got that good southern voice. And he's like, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. And <laughs> he's trying to get all warmed up and stuff. And he's like, well, give me a manager. And he's pulled another one of the young kids out of – you know, one of the young boys out of the back as his manager and uh, gets me a manager who's like one of the stagehands at the thing. And he's like, okay, he's going to be the managers. And they're out there not knowing what they're doing. And Tracy's calling all these guys over here, and he's sitting there, and we're having this big – match and we both hit double color juicer and that was the main event it's a big house and um he's sitting there and it was it was some big armory down man maybe in like cape Girardeau, missouri or something so down there in a good southern area yeah, yeah. and uh he's uh he's bleeding to death and i'm bleeding to death and he's getting ready for the big comeback and he's got me in the front face lock and he's he's like hey people shut up i, I got him right here and he'd whisper in my ear he's like Boy, I sure am blowed up. Because <laughs> we're going to sit here a couple minutes. You shut up, people. He'd be like, oh, what are we doing? You want to go get cold beer after this? I said, no, Raph. And then I'd start to put my hand up. He's like, oh, no, not yet, not yet. And he'd be such a maniac and stuff. He'd talk to you in that soft voice. He goes, oh, you're doing great. Thank you. And it, was, it was so much fun. One of the best times I ever had is working with that guy. Just a character, too. Just That's a character. Awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we can, we might take a break now. Come yeah. back. We got a, a thing we love to do with uh, with guest interviews is we're going to do the same five questions to every single one of them. Spanish announce table, we're going to call it Cinco Preguntas. Uh-huh. Which stands for? Five questions. There you go. We're hey, learning Spanish, too. There we're you go. Spanish. I'm on top of things, man. I'm going to learn you guys up. But we're going to do that when we come back uh, with our guest, Justin Appleberry, Matt, Michael Strider. Michael Strider. Man. Off my, Get it together, off my game man. Today. My son broke his collarbone today. Oh, my goodness. So I'm a little less prepared. Yeah. I spent four or five hours in the yeah. emergency room. But we're going to come back. You don't want to hear about that. You want to hear about wrestling on the Spanish Announce Table, Trending Topics Network. Wrestling fans, are you scouring the internet looking for places to buy your favorite wrestling-related merchandise? Well, look no further, because you can find all the wrestling merchandise you could ever need at ShoppersHideout.com. That's S-H-O-P-P-E-R-S-H-I-D-E-O-U-T.com. ShoppersHideout.com. At ShoppersHideout.com, you can find WWE and TNA replica belts, replica masks, life-size cardboard stand-ups of your favorite superstars and or wrestlers, t-shirts, pants, action figures, buttons, pendants, bracelets, and so much more. From superstars like CM Punk, Randy Orton, Triple H, The Undertaker, Chris Jericho, Edge, John Cena, Rey Mysterio, and many, many more. So what are you waiting for? Don't walk around town wearing an Ed Hardy t-shirt. Log on to ShoppersHideout.com and buy yourself a Jeff Hardy t-shirt. And while you're there, get a replica of the WWE Raw Spinning Championship belt and wear that too. And then I can promise you that everyone you meet will be talking about you. And it's all because you shop at ShoppersHideout.com, your source for everything wrestling. ShoppersHideout.com. feel sexy when I hear this Yeah, song. great music to pick when we have a guest and it's three yeah, guys. It's just, Way to go, Captain Awesome. Oh, man. It's just, <laughs> just hey, I'm not saying it puts me in the mood. I just think <laughs> I feel sexy. You're right. You know okay. I mean? yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. That shouldn't make you guys feel awkward, should it? It does, but okay. Well, no worries. You know, you've always had a thing for me anyway. So we've got the Michael Strider, mm-hmm. Justin Appleberry, real name, sitting in studio with us. Gave us a great interview last segment. Fantastic. Got into a lot of stuff, man. It, Interesting career, and geez, we could probably go on for three hours oh, yeah. if we wanted to. Yeah, yeah. We've got a segment now. This is a segment we like to do with, with guest interviews. It's five questions. They're always going to be the same five questions, mm-hmm. right? But what do we call it? We can't just call it five, five questions. questions. That's kinda, stupid. Yeah. What do you right. I tried to come up with something, too. I was like, 
well, it's not the three count. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's the count out. I was like, there's the count of five, but that's kind the of The King stupid. Kong Bundy thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I just realized we're the Spanish announce table. So what are we going to, what are we going to do? Five questions? Let me see preguntas. Let me hear it. Right, you want to hear it? Yeah. You ready to go for this? Well, you know, I can't go right now. Okay. This is a stalling. Because I'm not ready. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Because it's on my time. Yeah. I want to do it on my time. You're the lead host. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Cinco preguntas? Let's do yep. it. Cinco preguntas. You like that? Who's that girl? Uh, that's actually a like Google Translate. That's very yeah. good. We're probably going to get sued by Google. Why now, not? So thanks oh, for asking yeah, me yeah, that yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. All right. Are you ready? I'm yes, ready. Are you ready for five Let's questions? This is going to kind of just just say what what comes to you, what, what you feel here. Ready? Yep. Favorite wrestler of all time? Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Without a doubt. What, uh, what favorite, about Ric Flair? Favorite athlete of all time oh, is Ric Flair. Really? Yeah. You know what's funny is... Uh, Joe Silva, the matchmaker for UFC, his favorite athlete of all time is Ric Flair, too. Yeah. Yeah, he grew up in the Carolinas and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Uh, um, he had it all, man. You know, yeah. it just he just was every – he is everything um, that, that a pro wrestler should be. I mean, if you look at the the longevity, he had that. The drawing power, he had that. Just just the charisma, the way to wrestle a match. I mean, he was – he in my mind, without a doubt, he's the best pro wrestler of all time. Yeah, and we, without time, and man, I don't know that I could be convinced otherwise. Yeah, you hear that a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. everyone, I mean, everybody, yeah, yeah. Ric Flair, and then second would be uh, Terry Funk. Terry Funk, yeah. I so, like that. so did you get to meet Terry Funk through the yeah. through the yeah. Funk? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, met, I'd met I'd met Terry. I've never met Rick. Never oh, really? met Rick Flair. Yeah, which is God, that just breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just listen to that uh, Steve Austin podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. Would yeah, he'd be a fun guy. Yeah, that'd be a great one just to sit there. Yeah, that would be amazing. Well, okay, favorite match of all time. Uh Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat, Chi Town Rumble, nineteen eighty nine. Is that the one where he dropped the belt to Ricky Steamboat? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. and it was the first pay per view that our family, our household, ever bought. First wrestling pay per view uh, was that one, and it was this is my favorite match of all time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Biggest influence. Mm. Mm, stumped him on this one. This is this one. I, I, I actually, I, I'd say probably Terry Funk. Yeah. Even though Ric Flair is my favorite, I worked a lot like Terry Funk. Just yeah. you know, snug, stiff, brawling type of type of stuff like that. Uh, Terry Funk and man, that's maybe like an old guy. Most people don't remember Bruiser Brody. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that out of, out of control style. Yeah. Bruiser you know? Brody and and uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Oh my god, all of their oh, stuff. I swear, when I was a little kid, I, I, I knew Abdullah the Butcher was the boogeyman. Right. Because those old after PWI magazines mm-hmm. where they'd have it, and he'd be bleeding with yeah. something stuck in his head, and it'd just freak you out. Yeah. Oh man. And man. he wasn't a very attractive. Yeah, man he's either. scary. <laughs> you know, he, he's scary. He, he already well, had. No, no, man, well, to you. Well, he already <laughs> had the, the the boogeyman look. Then he had the blood and all the things sticking out of his head, like forks and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's scary. Yeah. Insane. Well, did, wasn't he being sued by some guy for hepatitis? Blading him without yeah. his... No- yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, well, some guys say he got hepatitis from him, too. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, I, I remember seeing, though, that uh, his lawyers came back with uh, the fact that there had never been... The only person that said... The only doctor that had said, yeah, he has hepatitis, was the guy making the claims doctor, doctor. that he yeah. found. <laughs> so they were like... Get out of here. So from last, I thought I'd heard that that was kind of going. Yeah, I, I don't so. think it was a thing. If you ever want to go, you got to go to his restaurant in Atlanta. If you're ever in Atlanta, it's like five miles from the airport, and it's Abdul the Butcher's uh, barbecue and uh, seafood restaurant or something like that. I actually it, used to live yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah. I'm going to hopefully go back yeah. soon, and I'll have to It go is there. awesome. He's got all kinds of memorabilia on the wall, and it's actually pretty good barbecue, too. There you go. Yeah. Bring it up to Kansas City. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can get it with this yeah, franchise. Yeah. Right, there you go. Yeah, franchise. 
radio thing. Well, it can air over, it's, you know, yeah. It's not going to do well. It really isn't kind of, unless we can promote it, and then maybe it'll give us some discounts maybe. on the barbecue. there you go. See, we're going to work things out. I'm glad you're here with us. <laughs> All right, fourth pregunta. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's right. I don't know. I don't know much Spanish. Favorite wrestling term? Now, we were you, talking about, you know, like babyface heel, yeah. all that. What's your what, what's your favorite one that you've ever heard? Rat. Rat. Which is? <laughs> Ring rats. Okay. Oh, right. yeah, Groupies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it's just such a, <laughs> it's such a terrible thing to say. Oh, no, <laughs> and, and it's just like, God, you can't think of something nicer to call <laughs> right. a groupier yeah, than a ring rat. I mean, yeah. it's just, I always just thought it was... Uh, yeah, because it's funny. Because group, yeah. groupie yeah. to me sounds like at least they're part of the group, right? Yeah, like, that sounds like yeah. it's a higher class. Yeah, yeah. When you say rat, rat it's like a lot lizard. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah exactly. It's dang. more like that. Yeah, I picture uh, maybe not a complete set of teeth, right? And maybe a lot of cigarettes involved. Mm, yeah, right? yeah. a lot of cigarettes. I mean, there was some very attractive groupies, especially yeah. when you get into the upper levels and stuff. Right. They just call them ring rats. It's <laughs> just like man. So, are there any particular stories with any rats? I don't know if you can say because. Of, you know, if you're if you're yeah, anybody yeah. that might be listening, or it doesn't even have to be you. I mean, is there anything that sticks out in your mind where you were just like, where it made you click, like, man, these are some rats. I mean, like, oh sure, like, oh yeah, you, you know, you'd, especially when when wrestling was real hot, like mm-hmm. in the late yeah. '90s and 2000s and stuff. You just it's just you know, and it, it on the indie scene, which I always can you know always relate to like uh, indie music. You know, yeah, like yeah. where you're playing the bottleneck, but you're not playing Kemper. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's it's. It, I imagine it's the similar to the quality of groupies that you get from yeah. those bands right. and those yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're yeah. there no matter where. You know, anytime you pick up a guitar or an athlete or something like that, you're always going to have those yeah. kind of elements and stuff. And yeah, you know, you should. Any wallets ever come up missing from some rats? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can only <laughs> hey, imagine. They paid for some dinners when you didn't have any money. Right. Well, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. They'd cook you supper and stuff, so that's not too bad. That's, that's not too bad, then. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I can live with some rats. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, if I not, could, definitely. Yeah. 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 Not calling the exterminator. You know? <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Let the rats deal. All right, this is the fifth and most important question, all right? We're in a creative meeting right now. We're about to book your next big, big time feud. With T Mac. Ah, oh, geez. What's the storyline? Well, I always like reality based storylines. Um, and I always like storylines about uh, uh, over over something like a title. I think titles yes. are very important, whether it's, you know, the television title or the world title, something like that. So I'd probably um if T Mac is probably the young up and comer and stuff like that, and I'm the more established one, I'd probably play the heel because of the size difference. It's easier for uh it's harder to be a, a baby face against a smaller heel, so I'd be the heel and stuff like that because I control the match. And then uh, I'd probably have him come out and uh, be cutting some kind of interview, like where, "Hey, I'm here and I'm I'm excited to be here and I'm you know I'm going to give my best." And I'd come up and give him a good ass kicking, and then he'd come back later on uh, in another segment or something like that and challenge me to a match. And I'd be like, "Ah, oh, you don't even deserve it." But we'd have the match It'd be non-title. I'd put him over. Oh my goodness! You know he just uh-huh. beat the champ clean. I like that. Sets up an, yeah. yeah, sets up a nice big match. You know for for the blow off and stuff. And if we wanted to go, we could blow it off there and move something else, or we could have him go over for the title and then have a big nice run with that, and then try to come back around and have me grab it again and, and take it around the loop for a while. I like that. I don't see you having a title. I, I don't either. But you, uh, know you what? haven't seen him wrestle me yet. I can, <laughs> I, can, I can put him over for a title. And make what, what I like right. is how he can put me over. Usually, yeah. you know. I can't do it. I've uh, been yeah. trying for, yeah. what are we, episode nine? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 wor- the worst thing in pro wrestling that, guys, you know, re- wrestling is, is a business, so you have to make sure you protect your reputation and character, but at the same time, it's 
it's fake. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's not what? You know, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not, you know, you know, Darth Vader dies at the end, guys. Yes, you know, right. you know yeah, so yeah. It, it's, it's true. It wouldn't be like that actor would be like, Well, I, you know, I don't think uh, I should put Luke over in this thing because you know, uh-huh. it's it's you know protect your character because it is a business and, and and don't go putting over, you know, a hundred pound kid in you know in, in hot topic pants trying to be uh-huh. stuff like that but uh oh he's showing know. up and he's got tassels <laughs> and yeah. he's got you know like like fur I, I, around the yeah, boots yeah, yeah, yeah. i can't tell you how many <laughs> shitty indies i were in and these bumfuck towns and they'd have some kid you know back then everybody wanted to be jeff hardy there for a while oh, so all these God, hot topic yeah. skinny guys and i was like i'm not putting that dude over man <laughs> i was like it's, it's, it's i'm not realistic yeah it's so, just not realistic so are you gonna shoot him at all i mean he seems like a punk so yeah. he's got to have a big head coming into this match i'm sure maybe you're gonna you nah, know, give you him know, a little I, what for or something. i was always stiff yeah uh you know where and then that's just the way i was trained by those those old school guys mm-hmm. you know and um it's more it's it's just better you know to be more realistic like you ever hear stone cold talk about you know just potatoing everybody yeah. out there and those you know and uh they so you know chops you know steven regal said the best you know hit people very hard in very safe places yeah yes. so i would Makes do that sense, and yeah. that usually that's about as much shooting as i've ever done to anybody i so. like that there cinco preguntas yes man. very yeah. good yeah you like that yeah that was very good five questions yeah i, I like enjoyed it. it's, it's cinco preguntas I'll give you that girl's number. Yeah, thank you. you, can, thank you. I'll look you her up. She a rat? Yeah, well, yeah she, she a rat? <laughs> probably will. If, if she's hanging around to watch you win the title, she's certainly a rat. Well, man, hey, thanks a lot, man. This has been great. Yeah, I mean, this, is this is great. You're the first guest, too, on Spanish Oh, man, that's great. So you yeah, broke us in. Nice, exactly. yeah, nice, You're the nice. first to break the table. Yeah, yeah. Do you like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Oh, so what, is there anything you want to get out now? I mean, are you, are you doing anything these these days that you want people to know about? Or no, you out know, I w- we were we had the Metro Pro Wrestling Television Show on uh, uh, Metro Sports here, and we just got kicked off the air for uh, KU basketball and yeah. football, What you got to do for KU basketball. But, but football, they've won one game. Uh, we we, we me, outdraw KU football. Hey, yes. If we you, outdraw it. Well, everything outdraws KU yeah. football. If you ask me, I you could just wipe KU basketball out of the way. Yeah, I'm from Missouri. So this guy's a K-State. This guy, oh, just, so, yeah. I don't so, even, KU basketball is one of the things I hate. If there's ever a heel in my life, it might be KU basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so my, I guess my last thing, and I'm going to steal something from uh, Steve Gerthy, who was a longtime manager. He just, he just kind of called it quits at this last show. He gave his little speech. I thought it was real good. He said, uh, don't ever be ashamed of being a pro wrestling fan. You ever notice oh, that, yeah. how we're always yeah. kind of talked oh, down to? Yes. Why would you have to be ashamed to admit you're a pro wrestling fan or let people kind of degrade you and stuff, especially all this shitty goddamn reality TV that's on that people mm-hmm. admittedly, they watch yes. all this right. crap and stuff. What's wrong with being a pro wrestling fan? It's yeah. Americana. Mm-hmm. It I is, mean, it, yeah. it is American culture through and through, and it always amazes me, all the people that will slam you and call you needed for being a pro wrestling fan can name you every pro wrestler that you like and, you yes. know, and stuff yeah. like that. So don't anybody listen in this and you guys too man don't ever be ashamed to be a pro oh, wrestling yeah. fan no hey, a friend man. of mine a friend of mine um who uh, i host another podcast with the fraudcast mm-hmm. on ashbath.com he's not even i mean he has watched wrestling before but he's not even a wrestling fan but he always says he goes i don't get the hate on it either he goes nobody sits in the middle of a movie and stands up and goes staged yeah, yeah. fake this <laughs> yeah. bullshit i'm out of yeah. here yeah he's you know, not really dead yeah. yeah like nobody does that it doesn't make any sense or when yeah. you do like a real good angle injury angle and stuff and people are like oh my god you know is he okay he's okay and somebody will post on you know all oh, that was a work you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. Oh, no shit genius yeah, yeah. Way to go. <laughs> exactly yeah. no this uh, has been great 
Yeah. Well, I appreciate awesome. you guys having Thank me you so in, much. Man, yeah. We'll have to have you on again because we were talking about so many stories off air yeah. just about the craziness backstage. So we'll definitely have you on again. Awesome, guys. Uh, yeah, Thank yeah, you very much. Thanks absolutely. a lot. Yeah. Well, then we'll get out of here, man. We'll, we'll come back and we'll finish off with our emails and mm-hmm. uh, the fun fi- stuff. Final thoughts Spanish that we're going to do as we let uh, some good Drew McIntyre music. I mean, I miss this Drew McIntyre. I do too because this Drew McIntyre. Well, I'll get into that. Just this Drew McIntyre could be the face. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got yeah, a lot of potential. Cool. I yeah. think. But, but yeah, but that's that's all coming up next on the Spanish Announce Table, TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. Did you know we've moved? Our new home at TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. Bringing you new content like Fight Show Live and the Spanish Announce Table. And the same shows that you've come to enjoy like Old School at the Movies, Trending Mobile Technology, and The Real News. Make sure you check us out every week. TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. Come get on the... Yeah. Where is that train? The hoe train? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to catch a ride on that. Um, just come hang out with me sometime. Okay. Man. I'll show you where the hoe train is. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, the Godfather. I was at a WWE house show here in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living in Manhattan, Kansas, a couple hours away. We drove up here for the house show. And uh, Godfather came out, and he's talking about his hoes. And he's like, I got some hoes over there, some my hoes over there in that section. And he points out to where, where we're at in the, in the nosebleed seats. And he's like, there's some of my low budget hoes up there <laughs> in the top. <laughs> just thought that was funny. Is he, you know, he's one of the rare guys, maybe the only guy, to have three characters really do well. He yeah, had Papa Shango. Papa Shango, uh-huh. He had, he was in the nation yes. as, as just that muscle, you know, tattoos. He didn't do much, but he was yeah, there every no, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Godfather. Godfather, yeah. I can't think of another guy who had three really good characters in one company. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like discernible different gimmicks. Right, too. right, yeah. And they never like tried to hide the fact that, that, that he's they were all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, maybe they, Papa they did, Shango. Yeah, they didn't really acknowledge Papa but Shango. But his that, evolution yeah. from nation member to godfather but he was never called godfather uh in the nation so yeah. i thought that was interesting he was one of those rare guys that had n- none of them were ever main event except for papa shango did make the ultimate warrior bleed green from his That's head that's right puke. Yeah. And it was on saturday's <laughs> saturday night main event and it freaked me yeah. out and i had a nightmare and <laughs> i remember i literally did uh yeah, Ultimate Warrior, he was like... Yeah, yeah, he's like, what is this? Uh, yeah, it really gave me a nightmare. I always remember that about Papa Shango, thinking, like, that guy's the devil. Yeah. I really think he is, Yeah, uh, as a kid. Um, but yeah, he had three really good characters. Well, we've got some really good emails. Yeah, I yeah. love them. Thank yes. you so much for these emails. My favorite part of the week. Seriously, I hate my week, yeah. except for when we get emails. Tableshow at gmail.com. Send us an email. Ask us so a question. So if you want me to have a smile on my face, I don't please even care. send us yeah. an email. I don't even care if you ask us a question. Just make a statement. Mm-hmm. Something. Just email us. Something to talk I about. I don't even care if it's pro wrestling is good. Yeah. Thanks. Well, yeah. That, that email would suck. And I'd still like it. It means that they took a time right. to talk to us. We're going to go first to one we have heard from before. All right. Let the me hear Mop it. Jockey. I like him. Good old mop. I like this guy. Moppy Mop. Uh-huh. Uh, this one's kind of a book here. It says, uh, I get 
He says, okay, I get being upset with Dolph's deep push, but the blame is squarely on Dolph. This has been a problem with him for his entire WWE career. He can't keep his mouth shut. You can't run around bad-mouthing the company you work for and expect them to just say, oh, no problem. He says, read some of the interviews he's made, and almost every one of them he says something you shouldn't say. As for his talent, he is a good wrestler, but the indies have tons of good wrestlers. He is average on the mic and needs someone else to help him, i.e. Vicky and or AJ. He says, I feel the comparison is closer to Dean Malenko than Shawn Michaels, in my opinion. As for him being on NXT, most of the main roster guys go down there for matches. Sheamus feuded with Wyatt. AJ had the match with the Real Americans. Um, with Wyatt, AJ had a... AJ? What? AJ had a match the Real... Uh, I don't know who that is. Oh, AJ had a match. She did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She had her Divas yeah, title yeah, match. There's with... no, like... There's some commas missing. There. Okay. But uh, he's too busy mopping. You right. know I mean, he's got things to do. He's a busy guy. Uh-huh. Um, well, so he says the real Americans have both been feuding with Zane. And he says, I think Punk even made an appearance, so this is nothing abnormal. He says, in my opinion, he is an upper mid carter that can contend for a heavyweight title from time to time. I kind of, Do you want to go first? I'm kind of inclined to agree with, with Mob Jockey here. I don't think he's that great on the mic. I think he's had some good spots. But when it's more personal and he's with a friend, like when he's with AJ and, and Biggie, they're friends. They wrote, they ride the road together, so that kind of works. But yeah, I'm always a little underwhelmed by Dolph's promo abilities. Um, I think that needs some work. Amazing in the match, but amazing at selling more. Than, I mean, he's really good at, at what he does. But the most amazing thing about him is selling. He, I think, he still needs to get over that crust, and I don't think he's to the level where he can go around mouthing off every time he goes out into an interview. I completely disagree. You also like Johnny Manziel, as we were talking about all the time. <laughs> hey, so you're that guy. Uh, you, you like the flashy, the don't here, care. Okay, yeah. so here's the thing. I will uh, hold on. Keep the email. Keep it. Keep it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I just I, ripped it up and threw it in the trash. Well, right, right, well, because I want you to. There's some points I might have you uh, look up uh, as I go on. One, he made a comparison saying he's more Dean Malenko than Shawn Michaels. Uh, Dean Malenko never got to the main event status ever in his career. Yeah. Dolph has. And I'd like to point out one thing. WWE, when WWE makes any type of list, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. They don't just throw it together as two wrestling fans just do off the top of their head. They really dissect what they're doing and and go into it, right? They did a list of the biggest crowd reactions in WWE history. Guess what number three was? Hmm. It was Dolph Ziggler winning the title over Alberto yeah. Del Rio. I, I, I agree with you that that was huge. I think that had a lot to do with Dolph, but it also had a lot to do with the fact that it was a cash. It was on ADR or something they didn't like. But it was it was someone like. that everyone got behind. Yeah. Dean Malenko would have never got that reaction. Yeah. I don't think if you keep Dolph in this face role for too much longer that everybody will be behind him as much as they were. True. Two, when given the chance... To actually have more than a minute backstage walking with Big E, he's amazing. If you don't believe me, follow him on Twitter, where he does get the chance to talk. He's probably one of the most original, funniest guys on yeah. Twitter, outside of just wrestling, j- just on Twitter. So that's two. Three, he can do real. You know, selling is his number one thing. Yeah. Guess who? Guess who also had selling as their number one thing? Mm. Ric Flair. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's Ric Flair. Right. No, 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 no. Do, mop jockey, do not mop the floor with me by saying that Dolph Ziggler <laughs> is Ric Flair. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you can have a phenomenal career selling. 
He has True. good maneuvers. The zigzag is his finisher is honestly the only thing I have a problem with because it's I'm throwing him on his head. Well, who cares? You know, whatever. That's the only issue I have with him. He's great when given the chance. He can carry the ball if you give him the ball. And speaking your mind, hey, there's another guy on the roster who does that a lot too. His name's CM Punk. Yeah, CM Punk is at that level. He can do that though. But at, when he started this, he was at the same level yeah, Dolph was. I still think CM Punk had the more indie following where you can't oh, fire this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very true. Yeah. I'm just saying you can't just say one guy can do it, no one else. Here's what. Here's another thing. I don't think Dolph is so unique that he's not replaceable. They can get somebody else in there that sells really well, mm-hmm. is good on the mic, and can play the on the show off. Yeah, but he just does it. He does it so believable. I honestly, when you look at him, I feel like he's the high school quarterback at every high school. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's that guy. He's yeah. the guy that's stealing your girlfriend. Yeah. I think though. And this is what Mop Joggy's core thing is. This is on Dolph. Stop running your goddamn mouth yes. and things will be better for you. Yeah, yeah. I Shape get, up. Right. I No. Yeah, yes, I totally understand that. But what I'm saying is, WWE, get over yourself a little bit. Yes. Give. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't like it. Guess what? I'm going to mm. bet if you gave some truth serum to even the guys in the corporate WWE structure, they're going to have something they don't yeah. really like either. Here's the whole thing, though. Like. I've been through many a corporate mm-hmm. bureaucracy. Oh, so have I. Yes, yes. That's the way it is. Yes. You're not going to escape that. You right. can't badmouth the company in media or you're fucked. Right. It's just how it goes. I just feel like he's not saying this company sucks. I hate it. Yeah. He's just saying, look. That's yeah, look. they don't like their dirty laundry. I know, in public, but it just feels that. very petty on WWE's part because of how right. good of the talent he is. Yeah. I feel like he could. I feel he's the one of the three best wrestlers they have. I think Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Dolph Ziggler. Those are the three. Yeah. I, mean, I think yeah. I think those are the best. And I think you could give any one of those guys the ball in, well, in Dolph Ziggler's case, in a year because now he has to be rebranded. Yeah. And he Here's could carry thing. it. He could Here's main event at WrestleMania. You know what? I I, I would um, – I think I might take a Dean Ambrose over a, a Dolph Ziggler there. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm, if I'm drafting. I wouldn't. Yeah, man. I just Dean Ambrose would. can't wrestle without his shirt on. Yeah, you, <laughs> you got to have a look. Yeah. You got to go on, uh, you know, Kelly and Michael live with Kelly and Michael, and they're going to go, "Wow, you're such in good shape." Yeah, I am. Check out these muscles. Well, Dean Ambrose doesn't have to go on Kelly um, and Michael. Well, hey, the WWE champ has to do those appearances. Hey man, when he goes on Sports Center, you hey got to look like an athlete. Hey man, Bray Wyatt doesn't wrestle with his shirt off either. Bray Wyatt is a different animal. That is a gimmick character that scares people. Abdullah the Butcher never wore a shirt. I'm telling you, <laughs> these are guys that have a different their different avenue. As a face of a company type of guy, which I hate. Man, they have literally... Kamala? Well, hold on. You they never wore a shirt and he had his belly all here and painted moons and man. shit on it. <laughs> but they literally have me talking as a storyline. When, when the face of the WWE, and I hate to use that, but they have me talking like this... When the face of the WWE does these media tours, they got to look a certain way. Daniel Bryan does, he is in shape. He can flex and got some yeah, arms. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Dolph Ziggler can do that. Yeah. Dean Ambrose is kind of just like an everyday the, guy. The the meat and potatoes of all this is, it's not going to get better for Dolph until he shuts his mouth. Right. 
That's how it's going to go. But we're going to move on. So time's But crunching. thank you, Mop Jockey. Yes, yes, thank absolutely. you. I really appreciate the email. It, it, it's very good. Absolutely. I disagree with you. But no, you're right. Thank you for you're your right, opinion. You're right, Mop Jockey. You're very smart. You are not. You're very you smart. are very smart. Very Just smart not master of the custodial arts. Right. All right. Next we're going to move on to a new contributor, Twain. Twain sends us an email. Mark Twain? Nope, just Twain. Okay. Twain. Get it right. I will. Twain. I'm Twain. sorry. My apologies. He says, hello, T-Mac and Captain Awesome. Here's my thoughts uh, uh, for, he sent this in for last week and we didn't get it in time, for Episodio Ocho. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so we'll use it for nine. He says, with the news surrounding TNA this year, do you think the promotion can be salvaged? In my opinion, it could have a chance this is him speaking in my opinion it could have a chance if you have the right elements particularly strong support from both backers and audience it baffles me that it's only shown on one Viacom network yet WWE programming appears on various NBC Universal channels it seems that Viacom brass doesn't have much support for TNA to me that doesn't sound what's best for business for impact great show Twain very interesting point yeah I honestly never considered that yeah you know you could show a tna show on mtv they've tried some other tna shows they've all been on spike though yeah they tried that i forget the name of the show every time i think about it but it was the show they used to show after impact where it was just backstage things they'd go back like interview the guy oh yeah 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 i remember the yeah it was like a a instant recap of whatever the episode was yeah which was cool because there was some storyline progression there and Mm -hmm. some character development but yeah there's no b show Right. There's no morning, Saturday morning kind of show. Well, now, they don't have probably the resources and the tools to do that. But, yeah, I mean, Viacom, if you're really interested in the wrestling business, yeah. cross-promote. That's all could, what it is to And me. you could easily replay Impact Wrestling on a sa- Sunday or Saturday morning on MTV. What are they going to be doing? Re-airing Teen Mom or Ridiculousness yeah. for a marathon? Yeah, but don't you think if they thought that was going to be more profitable than what they're doing elsewhere, they would have done it by now? No. <laughs> uh, they're stupid. Viacom knows what they're oh, doing. Oh, Viacom. Viacom. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I was talking right. about TNA. Yeah, no, Viacom might be looking at... They might have suggested the stuff and said, you know, we're going to go with Teen Mom 14. Yeah. Because that's what people like. Right. But, you know, I'm just saying to give some fresh eyes uh, a new look at uh, wrestling, you know. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think... I think the biggest problem with TNA is Dixie Carter. Things Dixie Carter. As long as you don't she, think it's Hogan and Bischoff. No, because honestly, Hogan and Bischoff, in my opinion, and like I said, I don't know anything as far as an insider perspective. I just know everything that we read on the dirt course, sheets yeah. and well, they're not a public company, so right, you don't know and industry know. insiders. But you know, Bischoff and, and Hogan gave it a go. They didn't win. Now they're just there for a paycheck, and it's Dixie Carter's fault. For allowing them to keep showing up. Yeah, it does seem like she just doesn't get if it. If Vince and I'm, you know, Vince and Dixie are in two different worlds. That's like comparing the New York Yankees to a Triple A oh, ball yeah, team, yeah, as yeah. far as wrestling minds yeah, go. Yeah. But Vince would never say, you know, you're not really doing anything for me, but here's a paycheck. Just keep coming out. Just and keep trying it. The problem with the Hogan thing is, is Hogan aside, Vince doesn't play this game anymore. But Hogan pulls this. Uh, Aura with everybody else where he gets to claim a major share of his own creative control. Right. So what I say goes around here or mm. I'm not doing it. Mm. He doesn't have that leg to stand on with Vince mm-hmm. anymore or right. if he ever did. And so, but that's what was negative with WCW. Even when he was pale and pa- or stale and passe, yeah. 
he still controlled it. I'll be the champ whenever I want. He had complete creative control. Mm-hmm. Bad for business. Right. Yeah, same thing kind of with TNA where he gets the control out of it from what I understand. And Yeah, and, but it's Dixie. Dixie runs the company. She could right. easily say, here's a severance package. Get the yeah, hell out. Yeah. I'm going to bring in someone else. You know, a long time ago, they had an opportunity to bring in Paul Heyman. Yeah. And they didn't. He was going to involve more uh, elements of MMA. Yes. Yeah. Which would have been interesting to see it. And and damn, what are they doing now with Tito and Rampage? Yeah. Well, I think he was trying to make it. He was going to make it a little more submission based, right? Based. That's try to try to take what's what's positive about MMA that wrestling fans do like Uh and try to meld the two a little bit, evolve a little bit. Yeah. And guess who you have on the roster that could do that easily? Hmm. Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe, who actually trained in MMA. Yeah. But going back to the question, I don't think. As long as Dixie's there, the company will always be where it's at. I don't think there's ever going to be a time when yeah. she takes them to the next level. Because just like Hogan and Bischoff tried their hardest, I really feel in her heart of hearts, she feels, I tried my hardest too, and now nothing. So I don't think, you know, if the biz, if the TNA goes under, it could easily be salvage. All those talents could go to yeah. Ring of Honor. With Jim Cornette and that business yeah. structure, they could possibly go up to number two. TNA could be salvaged. Yeah, I think you're right. As long it needs new management, it needs wrestling minds. Because we always say this every week: the wrestling matches are awesome. They're amazing. Their wrestling it, it, is at the same level it, as WWE. It does seem like they, everything else sucks. It does seem like they don't know what to do right. I mean, it does right. seem like there was a, a phrase we used in the military a lot. It looks like a bunch of monkeys fucking a football. Is what we would say <laughs> when things are just like, like you guys can't pull your head out of your ass, right? right? Yeah. It, so a lot of times we'd be like, "All right, who brought the football?" Yeah. You know what I mean, like, yeah, we yeah. like, like, and that's what it feels like mm-hmm. with TNA. It's like, Jesus Christ! It's like, will somebody tell him to pull his fucking tongue out of the light socket? Right. You over there, stop what you do. Like, everybody, yeah. calm down. Here's what we're gonna do. And then it was like, okay, and right? Then just all screwed up. Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, no TNA will never be. Anything, as long as Dixie is mm. the leader. Twain, thanks for the email, man. Thank you, Twain. and uh, write us again, please. We yeah. enjoy it. Keep sending us those emails, tableshow at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at tableshow. Mm-hmm. We're on the Facebook, if you search the Spanish Announce Table podcast. That is correct. Uh, TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, is where obviously. you can hear this. Uh, Hear that, your Fight Show Live, your other show. Fight Show Live, uh, it airs Sunday nights at 8 p.m. on 102.5 The Fan. (laughs) And you can also hear that on TrainingTopicsNetwork.com. And thank you to the people who subscribe on the iTunes. Yes. Thank you so much. Big, big thanks to Justin Appleberry and Michael Amazing interview. God bless it. We're going to have him on again because just the stories he was telling us off air. He was worth every penny that we that we spent yes. on the on the plane. Yes. The the limo, the women, the champagne, the women, the gold watch we gave him. Mhm. And we spent a lot of money. We even had him uh sit on the the old uh king's throne and have four men carry him to his yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah. We All had, of yeah. WrestleMania Nine style. Yeah, look, I, we had a girl in here feeding grapes to the guy. Yeah, we, Macho hey, King style. Everybody actually. listening, <laughs> you, you know, potential guests, famous people. Hey, this is how we treat you. Yeah, yeah. Watch Macho King's more entrance. or less. More or less, there might be a few things. Yeah, there might, might be. You a might not get the exact same treatment, but you know, we'll, we'll take care of you. But remember Macho King's entrance with uh, Scary Sherry? Uh, uh, yeah, where they were yes. carried on the. Uh, that's yes. what you'll get, maybe. 
Well, we got about 20 seconds left, so we'll just say goodbye. We'll see you next week on the Spanish Announce Table, trainingtopicsnetwork.com.